You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good install. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. President Trump is back at the White House following last night's controversial campaign rally in Tulsa that attracted both supporters and protesters. The president had warned individuals not to protest, but Jessica Gallagher reports that demonstrations took place across the city. Chanting Black Lives Matter, hundreds of demonstrators took to the streets of the city's historically African-American Greenwood District. Reverend Mario Johnson says he organized the march. We sent a message of love, unity, trying to drown out any energy of hate and racism that could be possibly let off into our city. The demonstration coincided with President Donald Trump's first campaign rally since declaring a national emergency in March due to the COVID pandemic. Meanwhile, the Greenwood District community covered a black Wall Street memorial due to fears it would be used as a photo backdrop by the president's campaign. For NPR News, I'm Jessica Gallagher in Tulsa. Back in Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the House will open an investigation into the replacement of the top federal prosecutor in Manhattan. NPR's Matthew Schwartz reports. The Justice Department hasn't explained why it's removing U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman from his position, but to Pelosi, the reason is clear. In a statement, Pelosi said this is part of a pattern of, quote, the president and his cronies 
protecting Trump's personal and political interests. She says the firing of U.S. Attorney Berman cannot be explained, which instead suggests improper motives. Berman was investigating the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and others close to Trump when Attorney General William Barr asked him to resign. In a statement, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler said that the whole thing smacks of corruption and incompetence. Matthew Schwartz, NPR News, Washington. Also in his statement, Congressman Nadler said two whistleblowers will testify against Barr at a hearing scheduled for Wednesday. And he also says he will seek testimony from Jeffrey Berman as well. To China now, the country's top legislative body has announced a three-day session for the end of this month. A move that raises the possibility of the enactment of a national security law for Hong Kong. NPR's Emily Fang reports a proposed law would involve Beijing setting up its own national security commission in Hong Kong, effectively ending the financial hub's autonomy. Among the details revealed Saturday by Beijing, the new law would allow Hong Kong's Beijing-appointed leader to pick which judges oversee national security cases, potentially pushing aside Hong Kong's independent judiciary. Beijing would set up its own body to oversee national security cases on Hong Kong soil and make Hong Kong civil servants swear an oath of loyalty to Beijing. NPR Assembly Fang reporting, and you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. This morning, the former Atlanta police officer who killed Rayshard Brooks is behind bars, awaiting his first appearance. 27-year-old Garrett Rolfe turning himself in on Thursday. He's fighting 11 charges, including murder. Officer Devin Brosnan, accused of aggravated assault, turning himself in as well, later released on a $50,000 bond. Then he appeared on cable TV describing the 40-minute interaction they had with Brooks. I felt he was friendly, he was, he was respectful, uh, you know, I was respectful to him. Um, you know, and I felt like, you know, he just seemed like someone who potentially needed my help. And I was really just there to see what I could do for him and make sure that he was safe. The officers were responding to a call for a man asleep in the drive-thru of this Wendy's blocking other cars. Hey. Sir. They determined Brooks was drunk, and when they tried to put him in handcuffs, he refused, and it got physical. He's seen wrestling one of their stun guns, and when he reaches back and points it toward Garrett Rolfe, Rolfe fires three times. The bullets whiz through the parking lot, striking the car Michael Perkins was in. I just heard all the tussling and stop resisting, stop fighting. I said, this might have been a mine now. The videos igniting the streets of Atlanta. What's his name? Officer Brosnan's lawyer telling ABC they're surprised he was charged, but he will cooperate. He's going to do what I hope any police officer would do, which is um, be honest and tell the truth when somebody asks him what happened. Um, He is not going to be, um, there's certainly no agreement in place at this point in time for him to be a quote-unquote state's witness. And overnight, the interim police chief said that they have seen an increase in officers taking off since these charges were announced, but Atlanta's mayor insists Public safety has not been impacted. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. 
Good morning. Today is June 21st, and I'm Jay Rao. Here are the topics that we'll, we'll discuss this morning on the serious side. The million person request. And not. Earlier this week, President Trump said that the campaign had received up to one million ticket requests for an event that marked his return to the campaign trail. The number of attendees, drum roll please. 6,200. Oh, Pence is a stew. Some Republicans like to portray Vice President Pence as the adult in the room. Really? Well, the adult in the room, quote, unquote, refused to say that black matter. He has his nose so far up his bosses behind. One could only accuse him of wearing blackface. You get what I'm saying? Huh. Update on the Rashad Brooks case. Actually, you heard the intro on that. The cops involved in the shooting of Rashad Brooks was arrested this week. But I received a call, and I have a different take on this event, after receiving a call from a person this past week, a very special friend, who was affected by this as well. That plus after the break and under the radar stories that will not make the live broadcast, but you need to know anyway. But let me bring in some of the very best in the business. Let me bring in my big sis. I love her to death. She watched MSNBC religiously. She's a CNN. Uh, I don't know if we should call her a contributor or not, but uh, good morning, big sis. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Happy Father's Day to you, Thank Jay. you so, so, so much. Thank you for saying that. You're such you? a great dad. Your kids, I'm good. Thank and your you. kids love you so much when I'm around them. That's, they just mess with debated, you but and okay. play with you and <laughs> agitate you. I just love it. You're a great dad. Oh, wow. So happy Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to all of you listening and those of you who do double duty. So that's just me. All right. Well, thank you so much, big sis. And it's time for my other big sis in the house. Once again, like I break it down every Sunday, if you're in trouble, she got you. Legal trouble, no problem. Spiritual blessings, no problem. Even if you feel hurt a little physically, no problem. Plus, she can educate you with what she brings every Sunday to the show. Let me say good morning to my other big sis. What's going on? Miss Kathleen Williams, how are you? Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing Thank great you. this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good to see you. Well, actually, here see you. You know how that goes. Anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> also, the man who, you know, I call this guy, this is the man who, the first one, he gets the first and last word here. Oh, there, there she is. Good morning, ladies. You can say good morning to each other if you like at this point. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> now the man gets the first and last word here on the serious side. Uh, I tell you what, love him more than life itself. Nothing I won't do for him. He's the man who's really the real boss. It's the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mwah, Kathleen, and good morning, Mwah. Vanessa. How you guys doing this morning? Morning. We're doing good. How are you? I am I am here and accounted for, my dear. <laughs> 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 
the man who I call the smartest brother in the world, Mr. Johnny D, is uh, obviously doing what fathers do on this day, probably kids spoiling to death, uh, breakfast in bed. You know, it's man. He's a love this guy. And of course, our good colleague and friend, uh, Mr. Uh, Jerome Esprit, the smartest man in the world, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down, 347-850-1272, And I'd like to join my colleagues by wishing everyone out there a happy Father's Day. Mr. Elias, happy Father's Day to you, because even though you may not have any happy kids, Father's you have a whole Day bunch of them here in Houston. You, you got them in Houston. As a matter of fact, they, I think they love him more than they love me, but that's okay. There he is, right there. Happy Father's Day, brother. Whatever. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, whatever, thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I tell you what, to, to, to prove to prove it, go on their Facebook pages and see who's their friend and who's not. Hmm. All right, we have a lot to talk about this morning, 347-850-1272. Glad you guys are joining us. Fathers, we hope you're enjoying your Father's Day. Before, before we get into the show, definitely want to acknowledge, uh, you know, some of the folks who is experiencing Father's Day for the first time without their fathers, and, and, and that's the kids of of, uh, of, uh, of George Floyd and Rashad Brooks. Unfortunately, their father's death within the last two or three weeks, uh, they will not be experiencing Father's Day with Father's Day with their fathers. And, and you know, this is my first uh, Father's Day without my pops. And you know, Johnny D lost his dad a few weeks ago. So it's uh, it's a bittersweet day today, and we're you know we're just celebrating. But for all those out there, we hope that your kids are treating you well. You know, hashtag girls dad. Matter of fact, I think this is Kobe's kid's first Father's Day without him as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it could be a solemn occasion for some of those folks who have experienced losses in the last year. So, so hearts and condolences go out to those folks. And uh, but we wish everyone to hopefully you can enjoy the day and what it means and what it symbolizes. Without any further ado, we have a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it. One million plus ticket request President Trump and the campaign says uh, the president in comments just moments ago says there'll be about 22,000 people inside the arena, about another 40,000 people outside of it in Tulsa uh, on Saturday when the president heads there for his first campaign rally in some many months time. But it is also renewing questions at this point as to whether or not this is the right time to renew those campaign rallies because over the weekend the top public health official in Tulsa, Oklahoma says it is not the right time for that area. Dr. Bruce Dart saying in a local t- uh, newspaper interview there the following saying quote COVID is here in Tulsa. It is transmitting very efficiently. I wish we could postpone this to a time when the virus isn't as large a concern as it is today. There it is. All week long, people have been taunting this big, big event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The president said that the campaign had received over a million requests. They had set up an overflow room outside. They had a stage set up for the president and Mike Pence to talk to their adoring crowd after the event was over. And like I said, please, drum roll. There were only 6,200 people there. Mr. Elias, let me start the conversation off with you. The visual effect of that is something that I know I tell you what, it probably chaps this president's behind more than anything. What do you think about the big event last night, Mr. Elias, or the big so-called event um, in Trump's mind? Well, I, I kept seeing uh, flashes of the overflow room, and it was maybe three or four people in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, 
What, what do you expect, man? This this guy, yeah, you know, come on, we're in the midst of a pandemic, man. Why would he even? Why would he even do this, man? Why? 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 Why would? Because he's done with Trump. And then, that's why. And then and then some of his staffers tested positive for the virus. That's you know, I, I, I'm like, wow. Why would you risk people's lives for this just so you can get out there and? You know, get get your praise because he's missing the praise that he's he's used to getting off that audience. He's missing the praise that people. Yes, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. I, I was I was amazed that people sat out there for days to 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 see this guy speak, and his rallies are never really that crowded, man. Never. So wait, 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 that's well, wait a minute, Mr. Ellison. That's not true. I mean, they, they are crowded. It's just. You know, come on. This one here was boosted to have. It was a nineteen thousand. Well, they're not standing okay. Come on, come on, stop, Mister Mister Elias. Come on, man. I mean, it, it, they stop. are. I mean, listen. I mean, I mean l- l- listen. Look, we may not like the guy. We may not like what he represents. But you know, he. I mean, there are a lot of adoring fans that love him. But I think what we're trying to illustrate here, and let me fly over to you, Vanessa, on this, is the fact that he had talked about all week how a million requests, this goes to show you how this guy just lies out of his teeth. They received over a million requests for uh, for tickets, and, you know, they had an overflow room, and they had a stage set up to for him and Pence to speak afterwards. As a matter of fact, while he was talking in the arena, because of the lack of people, like Mr. Elliott said, who were not there in attendance, uh, they were tearing the stage down while he was talking inside, saying, oh, we're not going to need this. What say you? Okay, first I would like to say this. <laughs> I'm so glad that happened to him, but you know, okay, let me say this. There probably was about fifty thousand requests for tickets because we as black people we all ordered tickets. We were on Facebook and we went on, Bobby included. And we all requested tickets to go to Donald Trump's rally, knowing we weren't going to go. The black people are the ones who made that number. <laughs> it was all over Facebook saying, would y'all please order tickets? And so we all was ordering tickets. We all got confirmation. Even when he changed the date, we went back and we did the tickets. We got confirmations to go, knowing we wasn't going to go. So I am wow. glad. Woo woo! The black people wow. pulled it off. It's him see wow. that he was going to have a house full of people, and we were the ones with the tickets. Woo woo! Wow. So so, so you so wait a minute, now, Vanessa. So we you were what, what? What? Okay. So on the news reports today, wow, Vanessa. You know, Kathleen. Look, Vanessa is always on the. always doing mischief online. You know, you know news reports. Said today, not only were people like Vanessa ordering up tickets, but they also talked about kids ordering up all these tickets to shut his event down. And so now we see that not only were there kids, there were also kids young at heart participating in sabotaging the president's event yesterday. So, you know, 
Kathleen, were you concerned towards the end, obviously, when the people started leaving the arena, Black Lives Matter, people, protesters were walking around the arena and people really thought that that was going to be a, a powder keg. Thank God it didn't get out of control. But what are your thoughts on what happened last night uh, at the this so-called million request event? Um, well, I was I was, uh, I, I, you know what, it's so hard to even address any of this because it's all so ridiculous, right? Um, the yeah. fact that he had it, the fact that it was scheduled for Juneteenth, the fact that he had it in Tulsa, the fact that they yeah. moved it to the 20th, the fact that Tulsa, Oklahoma itself allows you to carry uh, shotguns and armory out in their streets without any legal repercussions. The fact that they had those rainbow boys out there with those big shotguns walking around trying, you know, trying to intimidate people, but that it's legal in Tulsa, Oklahoma to do that. And he decided that that's where he wanted to be. So I, I heard one of the commentators on night, last night saying, you know, a lot of the media saying, oh, you know, this is his dog whistle racism call. And, and the guy said, no, nah, he's moved from a dog whistle to a bullhorn. He's like, look, I'm, I'm a white supremacist, and what you going to do about it, president? That's really, they say he's a law and order president? No. He's a, I'm a white supremacist, and you can't touch me, president. And I think that no matter what, no matter what else he does, no matter what he does, we have got to keep our eye on the prize, which is getting this man out, not only out of the office, but maybe if we could get him out the country, get him so far away from any buttons or legislation or anything like else. presence. Exactly. Do not pause. Yes, we can have a little chuckle about this last night. But do not pause, because if we think for one second that he's not strategizing for the next move, we will have made a grave mistake. I agree with you, Kathleen. I think that uh, he is so upset. You know, Mr. Elias, a lot of reports are saying that the president is in distress. He's looking at the poll numbers. He's trolling in all the battleground states in which he won. And they're thinking that he is a man that's unstable. And the fact that Bolton released this book is going to come out next week, and the Supreme Court has ruled against this guy on two major pieces of legislation or two major uh, lawsuits that were presented in front of them. You know, the bottom line is that he is in a real different place. And when you have someone like that, you know, with the nuclear launch codes, we as a nation, we should be concerned about that, right? I would be, yes, most definitely, because if you notice, every time that something comes out, he does something to distract to, uh, away from what's going, what's really going on. So I would be very nervous. I am, I am always very nervous when this clown has the nuclear codes, man, because he don't care. He does not care. And now, now that they're, they're still talking about how uh, Kim Jong Un is like, I, his sister's even rougher than he, than he is, and they're still firing off nuclear missiles. <laughs> so, you know, for all that all that posturing he did, nothing happened. He, he's still he's still doing what he's doing, man. So the bottom line is, yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous about that. Yeah, this guy's an idiot, man. And I'm waiting till the taxes come out. 
I want his taxes to come out so bad. That's going to be what he comes They just ruled against that. They just ruled against that in New York. That's going to take a long time. He'll be out of office. I don't know. They just ruled against it in New York, right? They said it was the other day. Right. And so don't you know that Donald Trump's going to take it to the Supreme Court? Mm -hmm. He can take it to the Supreme Court. They can rush it through, though. I hope they do. Well, he's had a bad week. And uh, anytime someone has a bad week, Vanessa, you know, the bottom line is people are concerned, especially when it's the president of the United States, the fact that they're trying to replace the attorney general in New York. Um, what's, mm-hmm. I think the thing that really alarms me is that this stuff is happening in broad daylight, and Republicans are acting as if they can't see it, that they don't want to be a part of it. It's amazing that these people who raised their right hand and swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States are so worried about their political careers that they're turning a blind eye to what this man is doing in broad daylight. And I always wondered how Jim Jones got people to drink that Kool-Aid. But after watching you know, what happened last night and, and watching what's going on in our country, I can see it. There are people who worship man more than they worship God. What say you, Vanessa? Well, you know, first of all, this morning, I was up fighting them who've been uh, backing Donald Trump, and they were on a busload uh, going on there, and they were saying how awesome uh, it was at the convention. And I was like, y'all so stupid. Y'all went and busted to go down there for a man who say y'all came from a shithole country. How ignorant can y'all be as black people? So, you know, I was fighting with uh, Republicans, black Republicans this week. So, Jay, you know what? I just think it's all insane. This man will call you everything, including a nigga, in your face. And these black people, the 8%, are still trying to vote for him and support him. And I'm going to fight them tooth and nail, even though whatever Trump does doesn't have that big effect on me like it does on them. But yeah, I am I am beside myself with how many black people support this president. Did you see the black people in the, in the audience? Did you? Oh, and the guy was fighting last week. Jay was sitting right behind him, right behind him, Jay, with the beard. I couldn't believe it. That's about it. There he is. I can't believe these wow. black people. What is wrong with y'all? Why are y'all supporting yeah. him? Yeah, but but you know we talked about this earlier in the week, and uh, oh by the way, you can tell we have no four second delay because Vanessa is wide open this morning. So forgive those for those who find her language <laughs> offensive. That's okay. Uh, so li- listen, Vanessa and I had a conversation about this earlier in the week, uh, Kathleen. We talked about how there are black people out there supporting Donald Trump, and I told her not to worry about it because they're a part of that three percent. I mean, you're going to have some people who are going to follow this man. So I mean, we shouldn't be alone. That we see, well, eight percent. Okay, well, eight percent. Ooh, we. I mean, all he has eight percent of the black vote. Yeah, that's really going to knock down some laws. Should we be concerned about that, Kathleen? Eight percent of the black vote, Jay, and twenty nine percent of the Hispanics. That's a high number, Jay. Vanessa, trust me. Okay, but they all fall with. They're all inclusive in that thirty nine percent of people who support Donald Trump. I mean, his Kathleen. It, will, it does not go yeah. over 39%. It's probably dropped in the last week or so. Should, should Vanessa be concerned about those 
you know, Uncle Tom jokers who want to support this man and these evangelicals who, you know, on one hand, they put their hand on the Bible and pray to to God for God's mercy and grace. And then on the other hand, they support a guy who has been unfaithful to his wife, a man who thinks folks of different skin complexions are less than him, a guy who absolutely has no idea what he's doing as president, and you have prominent Republicans, people that they held on, you know, pedestals, you know, John Bolton, you know, the Bushes, all these people who Republicans loved, who are saying this guy is an idiot and he's inadequate to be the president. Should Vanessa be concerned that we have a few little detractors that's going to follow this man? Should she be concerned? Um, well, I, well, first of all, I want to find out, like, wait, what? You were talking to Vanessa this week and didn't call me? But anyway, it's going back. <laughs> well, she called me. Vanessa be getting all tired of, you know, you, you, and when I see her call, Kathleen, I'm like, Kathleen, when I see her call, I say, okay, let me sit down because I know this is, she, she, she mad about something. Let me listen to it. And she be like, <laughs> Vanessa gets fired up. <laughs> um, she get fired up. I said, go ahead, Vanessa. I only call him when I am fired up, and I was fired up last week, Kathleen. She sure was. <laughs> <laughs> she was um, fired up. Sorry about that, Kathleen. Go on and see what you have to say. Sorry. They were, um, <laughs> they were, uh, they showed the poll, he was at 38% total, you know, uh, it was uh, in comparison to Joe Biden. He was 38%. I think Joe Biden was 52, something like that. Um, should we be concerned about the black people who were in the audience? Um, let me just say this. I saw uh, this, this, this image. No, he's not just, saying in the audience, Kathleen. He's saying period. That support him. That support him. Okay. Thank you for correcting me, Vanessa. <laughs> um, well, I saw this woman outside being interviewed. This was a white woman. And they, you know, the media or the commentator was asking her, the reporter was asking her, well, why are you supporting him? And what is it about this guy? And she said, well, I support him in politics because I support that he is uh, after my own interests. Now, if he was going to be a if he was going to be in our church or teach Sunday school, I would never want him for that. But he's, you know, as far as like fixing the economy and all these other things that he stands up for, for me, they know he's an idiot. They know he's amoral. They know that he doesn't know what he's doing, but they believe that he is going to bless their pockets and, and advance their white supremacist uh, views and bring America back to the Civil War, which is what I believe this man is trying to do. So are we, you know, black folks, we have stopped, we have got to stop being in shock about this man, what he stands for, and who supports him. This is, after all, the Americas, the United States of Americas that had us in, had us in chains with no problem that hung us from trees, that lynched us, that killed us, that destroyed our heritage and our family, that was not that long ago. We cannot be in shock about that. And we also should not be in shock about the black people who support him because even during slavery, there were black folks selling the other ones out. But should we be concerned? But should we be concerned, Kathleen? 
is it the semantics on what's important? Yes, we should have always been concerned, but we should definitely Jay. not be shocked at all. Definitely not be shocked. And concerned, what does that mean exactly? Are we going to focus yeah. on them? Are we going to try to switch them over? I'm not, because if they are there knowing what I know, they know the same thing I know. If they choose that they want to watch Fox News and believe that, then, you know, there's going to be some folks that have to go down with the... Listen, Harriet Tubman did the Underground Railroad with a shotgun, okay? And if you went with her and decided you were going to turn back, she was going to shoot you. <laughs> this is yes, not, this, you know... <laughs> yeah. Okay! So there's going to be some that going to fall, right? There's going to be... And what are you going to do? Are we going to focus on them? I'm not wasting any time on them. We've got too much work to do. Too much. Mm. Wow. That's Look what I want to Well, here's the deal. And, and, you know, we have to go to break. Here's the deal. And, and, and listen, I, 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 I hear what you guys are saying. I still say uh, that the amount of black folks who support Donald because you're concerned that he's going to win again. And, and I think that's where your concerns are. If enough black votes get out there and vote for him, that's going to be enough to push him over the edge. And once again, I still think, and thank you, Kathleen, for giving us the latest number. Those numbers are included. Those black folk who support him, that number is included in that 38%. And as far as I'm concerned, he can win with that. He drew an inside straight winning in 2016. I mean, there was only really two possible scenarios out of 100, and he actually hit the two. So, I mean, come on. If we think this guy is going to win re-election, you know, I had my doubts earlier, but with the coronavirus and what's going on, I just I just don't see it. I, I really and truly don't see it. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. In this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Um, powerful words from a powerful man. As a matter of fact, let me just rename the segment for this week. We're going to call this segment this week in four minutes or less something that you already know but need to hear. Here it is. We'll talk to you on the other side. You're listening to the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Happy Father's Day, dads. We'll talk to you. Now that is another myth that still gets around. It is a kind of over-reliance on the bootstrap philosophy. There are those who still feel that if the Negro is to rise out of poverty, if the Negro is to rise out of slum conditions, if he is to rise out of discrimination and segregation, he must do it all by himself. And so they say the Negro must lift himself by his own. Bootstraps. They never stop to realize that no other ethnic group has been a slave on American soil. The people who say this never stop to realize that the nation made the black man's color the stigma. But beyond this, they never stop to realize the debt they owe people who were kept in slavery 244 years. In 1863, the Negro was told that he was free as a result of 
the Emancipation Proclamation being signed by Abraham Lincoln. He was not given any land to make that freedom meaningful. It was something like keeping a person in prison for a number of years and suddenly, suddenly discovering that that person is not guilty of the crime for which he was convicted. And just go up to him and say, now you're free. But you don't give him any bus fare to get to town. You don't give him any money to get some clothes to put on his back or to get on his feet again in life. Every code of jurisprudence would rise up against this. Yet this is the very thing that our nation did to the black man. It simply said, you're free. And it left him there penniless, illiterate, not knowing what to do. And the irony of it all is that at the same time, the nation failed to do anything for the black man. An act of Congress. It was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did it give the land, it built land grant colleges to teach them how to farm. Not only that, it provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, years unfolded, it provided low interest rates so that they could mechanize our farms, and to this day, thousands of these very persons are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies every year not to farm, and these are so often the very people tell Negroes that they must lift themselves by their own bootstraps. It's all right to tell a man to lift himself by his own bootstraps, but it is a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. We must come to see that the roots of racism are very deep in our country. And there must be something positive and massive in order to get rid of all of the effects of racism and the tragedies of racial injustice. Seven eight five zero one two seven two thirty eight minutes after hour. Glad you guys are listening to the serious and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hope you guys are enjoying your day today, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, it's a beautiful day where you are. Time to get to the second topic of the morning. Washington Vice President Mike Pence twice refused to say that Black Lives Matter during an interview on a Philadelphia television station on Friday, insisting instead that all lives matter in a very real sense. 
Mr. Pence also claimed during the interview with 6ABC Action News that Americans had cherished the idea that everyone is created equal from the founding of this nation, an assertion that ignores the institution of slavery during the first 100 years of the country's history. President's comments came on Juneteenth, a holiday that commemorates the end of slavery in America. And he refused to specifically say that black lives matter at a time when the country is convulsing in outrage about racial injustice at the hands of the police following George Floyd's death in Minneapolis last month. There you go. A lot of people say that Mike Pence is really the sane person in the administration. And, you know, if Donald Trump gets impeached, he's the next man up and maybe America will be in a better place. I'm here to tell you, Vanessa, when this man was asked, can you just say it by a white reporter, by the way, can you just say black lives matter? Uh, well, uh, I think all lies. He gives these, he gives, he gives these long, very articulate answers that, you know, he's, you know, he, he speaks so eloquently. And I think what that does is, it's like the alter ego of Trump. You know, imagine the Republican with an angel and the devil on each side, the left side versus the right side, you know. And Mike Pence is the guy with the white hair and the halo in his mind. He talks about how great America is. and But, you know, as soon as he completes a sentence, he finds Donald Trump's butt to stick his nose in. He's really a disgusting character. And I've said all along that, in my opinion, he is worse than Donald Trump. He's someone who actually thinks and knows how to manipulate the system. Donald Trump is just an idiot. This guy is a smart idiot with crazy thoughts. What do you think about the fact that this man wouldn't even acknowledge that black lives matter? He was so concerned about how his boss would feel about him saying that. What do you think, Vanessa? Unbelievable. Jake! <laughs> All of them are just like Donald Trump in some form or another. Something was to happen to DT and Prince stepped in. It's just a cloning of Donald Trump. He, he, I mean, but I guess what really gets me is, and y'all gonna say it shouldn't, is that his wife teaches at a private Christian school and it's not like this man that know about God and that he's going to answer for all of this. He just doesn't care at this point. He just doesn't care at this point because they're very active in church and stuff. So I'm, I'm not saying that people who go... So what does that mean, though, Vanessa? Vanessa, what, is, Vanessa, what does that mean? That let, let, let me ask you this, Vanessa. Vanessa, that. I'm going to finish your thought. I'm gonna, but let me ask you another question. I want you to answer this one while you continue to talk. What does that mean? Back in the 60s, these people would go to church. Then they would come from church and attend lynchings. I mean, what does that mean? Come on. Nothing. I said at the same time, it doesn't mean anything. But for people to think that... Pence is good because he, his wife prays when they came down here for Harvey. And I've heard people say this, Jay. I've literally at Bingo heard people say he's a Christian. He's a good guy. His wife, and I found out about the wife teaching at the school through them, and then I researched it. They think that, Jay, I think that he's just a KKK without the clothes on myself. I'm just telling you what other people think. Yes. Not me. What other people think, and they do think this. They do think that, Jay. I 
he's just as bad as Trump. So I hope right. nothing, I hope that, that we just vote him out. Not him not being able to hold a glass of water or walk downstairs and something happens to him. I want to vote him out because I don't want Chris Pence in there either. He's just as bad. He's just as bad. Yeah, he is just as bad. Don't be telling me nothing about his Christianity. I don't want to hear nothing about that. But they talk about that. Of course they do. They just talk about it. I, I, I mean, you know, the one job of an administration during a crisis, uh, uh, Kathleen, is for them to bring the nation together. But yet and still, we find this administration continues to play a divisive role in American society and politics. You know, not one time did he mention Breonna Taylor's name. He is in Trump at that rally last night. He didn't say anything about him, George Floyd. He didn't mention their names. But this guy and his number two, who refuses to say Black Lives Matter, refuses because the reporter asked him twice. He said, why can't you just say it? Uh, uh, Well, I I mean, I'm from a place. uh, I mean, oh oh, my God. Is it that hard that American leadership, Kathleen, can't be leaders during this most critical time and most, in my opinion, one of the most unstable times uh, in this country's history, at least during my lifetime? What say you? Um, <clears throat> I didn't see that interview. Was the reporter white? He said yes. the reporter was white also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reporter well, said, I love to say it. Okay, so I'm going to say to you that about two years ago, three years ago, that reporter would never have said Black Lives Matter. You know, so I don't know where I could really go with that because they, when Black Lives Matter became a, a statement of force and solidarity amongst black people, all that reporters on the news on every station in solidarity, white people went to Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Green Lives Matter. I remember, I remember that. Bank of America matters. Everything mattered, but nobody could say Black Lives Matter. And the reporters stood lockstep with that. They were reporting everything about everyone who refused to say Black Lives Matter, and they didn't have any support for it either. So now that they think it's trending, the reporters, you know, I, listen, thank God I'm happy that they woke up, that they woke now, but am I, you know, what am I going to say about Pence not saying it? If Pence was on TV saying, you know, if you work for a white supremacist and you go on national television and say Black Lives Matter, don't come home, right? <laughs> you don't work here no more. And we ain't even going to that you fired. We're going to send a tweet to the, to the television station. Exactly. So they were trying to get job. And, you know, am I surprised? Absolutely not. I'm not, <laughs> not surprised. And I really don't care. Because why would I even care? Because to him, I already know black lives don't matter to him. I know black lives don't matter to Trump. I know Trump has forgot about George Floyd to the except for what George Floyd could do for him. You know, what has any black life done for me lately? He don't remember any of them. So. Hmm. Well, 
347-850-1272, minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It is best. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Mr. Elias, um, <clears throat> you, know, you know who Mike Pence is, right? You know him. Right. Correct. So, yep. you know, I, I mean... You know, we've talked about this on the air. We've talked about this off the air. You know what type of person he is. You know, he can sit here and have this calm demeanor and this soothing voice. But, you know, we say this all the time. He is absolutely worse. I think the only the only thing that, the only good thing that came out of the fact that Donald Trump wasn't impeached, that they didn't push him into the top spot. Because his smooth talking behind, you know, he could have fooled people in voting for him and bringing him back. And then think about it. He could have not only ran for re-election, I mean, ran for election this in 2020, he was eligible to run again. So, you know, think about the worst-case scenario. Trump gets impeached. You know, Pence gets another – he gets 18 months, right? To, to to be uh, the president, to fill out that term, then he can run for a new term, and then another term after that. He could have been in office for nine and a half years, Mr. Elias. So, you know, maybe we should be grateful the fact that Donald Trump didn't get impeached because we can just get rid of this cancer in a few months. What say you? Yep. Well, you know, man, Pence was the governor of Indiana, and he was a rotten apple then. He was a rotten bastard mm. then. So... I mean, let's just call it what it is, man. And you talk you know, about me not being censored. <laughs> well, you know, that, once again, let me make that announcement. There are no, there's no four-second delay, so I'm sorry for these jokers. They're fired up this morning. That's okay. Go ahead. I mean, but he, he, he was, I mean, he, and, and, and he's, he's another one that's all about money. Because if he was so religious and he was so into religion, when they when when the NCAA and the rest of the people started talking, and they were talking about taking the Super Bowl and the and the NCAA out of uh, Indiana because he was he 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 struck down when the gay couple came into a into a uh, into shop, a right? uh, bakery yeah bakery and they said hey he said yep the bakery was right well when the NCAA and the, uh, the 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 NFL said, "Hey, well, we're taking the Super Bowl and the Final Four out of Indianapolis." He's like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa!" I agree with him. Let, let him go. On, let him go on the path. That, yeah, you got to serve them. You got to serve them. See, I didn't know that. So, I, I didn't know that he had reversed his. I didn't know he had reversed oh, his position yeah. after they had threatened to yeah. take the Super Bowl out of there. The Super Bowl and because we had the, they had the Super Bowl and the Final Four. So when they when they tried to take that. that out, it was like. Oh, yeah. hey, wait a minute. Let me let me let me stop this because that's too much money we're gonna lose. He didn't stand by his convictions then, so he's just, he's he's worse than Donald Trump because he'll promise you something and say because he told us he told the unions he would he would work with them. There would be no right to work state, and as soon as he got him, has a right to work state. He's a he's a horrible human being, man. He's trash. So because well, he didn't really Black true. Lives Matter. Was, uh, 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 am I shocked? No, no, not at all, not at all. Because they don't get it. We're not just saying only Black Lives Matter. We're saying Black Lives Matter. Period. Just along with everybody else, that our lives matter as much as yours do. They don't. They, don't, they still haven't caught on to that. So it's stupid. Yeah, and 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 I get tired of arguing with people. We do. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's almost like the people, uh, Vanessa, that say, "Well, you know, all lives matter, and you know, we should be all inclusive." And you know, and listen, I guess there's some validity to that. But the bottom line is, is that all lives are not being killed when they get pulled over by the police. You know, all lives. It dis, you know, and I'm talking about it. I'm talking about at higher rates than others, right? I'm not talking about, you know, because everybody look. I've seen videos of white police officers beating the heck out of, you know, white guys. I mean, but come on, we're talking about the numbers, and the numbers say, okay, yeah, maybe for one every for one white person that gets beat up by the cops, you know, five get beat up, you know, that are black, and in some cases they get killed. So the numbers. Are, are disproportionate to say the least but the bottom line is is that when we look at people like Pence when we look at people like Trump when we look at you know I mean my goodness I, I watched Cory Booker and uh, Senator Harris they were arguing on the Senate floor in 2020 about uh, trying to pass a bill to outlaw lynching Lynching in America. And and, and they were trying to get a bill passed. And they had one Senate Republican who fought them on it. And, you know, and and, and to be honest to Rand Paul, you know, because he actually introduced some legislation, I think, a little later on, you know, in support for, for, uh, you know, for for civil rights and things of that nature. But he was arguing some of the stuff that they throw in the bill. You know, they throw a bill out there and they have other things that are included in the bill to try to get it passed. So they use the big bill as shade. So they say, okay, if you want to get this covered, you need to support this, 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 and this. And he was arguing about one of the lesser bills that were attached, or I guess the definition of what it meant. But the bottom line is, is that to have that conversation in 2020, Vanessa, is just, I'm flabbergasted. I didn't even know. Listen, let me tell you how ignorant I am of it. I thought it was already a bill. I thought that was already illegal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to, to say, hey. Well, there were two of them. I mean, yeah, but, 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 I, you know, I thought it was a given. I mean, you can't murder people. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was, I was flabbergasted when I heard that this wasn't already a law. And then the fact that they have to dispute it and had to have a conversation about it. And the fact that they couldn't pass in 2020 in this environment makes you say, damn, really? Oh, my goodness. Jay. <laughs> Jay. So what if, if, if you're flabbergasted behind that? It shouldn't have even been a question when you have two people in California, one in D.C., one in Kansas City, that has been hung by a tree in the last two months or three months. We're not even talking about what happened in 2019. And then you're talking about the Hispanic man uh, over kind of close to your side of town that they say is suicide uh, when there was blood on the ground. How you bleeding and you hang yourself from a tree? (laughs) That is ridiculous to me. And so the the black power people were out there. Gee, this is ridiculous. It should not have even been a conversation. It should have said, bam, bam, that was shut down. But no, that's because you have a president 
and you have a Congress. You have people that still believe that black lives don't matter and that they can treat us any kind of way. But I'm going to say this. I said it last week and the week before. These millennials are not going to have it. They're not going to have it. They will burn this country down. You know, I, I'm glad you, you led that, and I was gonna, that's a segue. Actually, I was going to ask this question to Kathleen, but it's a good segue, and I'll let you close the set out for us, Kathleen. The fact that, you know, I think we also have to acknowledge the number of young white kids who are out there. Uh, every time I look at the, just all these videos of these people protesting, I see a lot of white kids. I remember in the initial days of the George Floyd situation, there were more white kids out there fighting police than there were African Americans. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we're starting to see changes um, because of the fact that you're having these young kids out here who are saying, look, I grew up with black friends. The only president I know is President Obama. Uh, you know, I have gay friends. We're not going to put up with this nonsense. So, you know, we should also make sure that we look at those people in that light as well, right? And what they're doing for the drive and for the cause. Um. Well, uh, okay, so, <laughs> yes, but just like, I, I'm going to give a little analogy that, okay. you know, I, I, I think it's important, yes, that we acknowledge, everybody is acknowledging that this is a racially diverse movement that is happening right now. But I also, you know, I don't want us to put too much attention on that and say that this is the reason why there's change. Because it's just like when you have someone, of, let's say you have a songstress, a vocalist, who's been singing in the subway, singing on the sidewalk for money and playing and music and singing for 20 years. And then somebody happens to hear her and the next day she gets a... Uh, you know, she gets a national platform and now she's got a hit record and we call that an overnight sensation. This mm-hmm. this struggle, we have marked for way too many lives. And, the, mm-hmm. and just sadly, we marked primarily all black people. All black people. Trayvon, Sean Bell. I was out there with Sean Bell. Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, all the all fighting for the even for people to hear us when we said Black Lives Matter and to understand that no, we are not saying all lives matter. We are saying Black Lives Matter because you need to understand the fact that we even have to say that means that there's white supremacy. So yes, mm. Black Lives Matter, and this fight has been going on for all of my entire life on this earth and way before me. So yes. I, I'm happy to see the diversity, but it's about time. And I'm going to leave, I left mm. that little space there because Reverend Kathleen can't use profanity on air. So it's there about <laughs> time. Then that's a fill in the blank for me, baby. So, yes, I'm happy, oh, but I'm not going to, you know, say to them that, you're, oh, you're the reason that there's change now. No. Because we've been bleeding and dying in these streets for so many years, mm. we have paid. Wow. The, we have paid for this change with our very blood, with our with our lives. We've paid for this change. So please don't think that because you stood out there for George Floyd that you are responsible for this change. No, no. Thank you for finally joining us, but no. 
we're not giving you this one. Wow. Powerful words from a powerful woman. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call number you're listening to the series. Happy Father's Day to all our fathers out there. All right, look, it's time for this. It's time for after the break. After the break is when I asked our panelists a question, and they think about their answer, and they have 90 seconds on the other side to give me their response. And here's today's question. A lot of the major food, Quaker Oats, and all these people are changing Ancient Mama and Uncle Ben's and Cream of Weed and all these brands that have been around for years are finally saying, look, enough is enough. They represent racism. It represents a certain stereotype. And so they're going to remove them from the shelves here real, real soon. So here's the question. How do you feel about it? Is it okay? Do you think it's about damn time? Or would you like to say, well, wait a minute. You know, hey, maybe they should keep these things up there. So that's the question. Can't wait to get the response. You guys think about it. And if you want, you can answer it during the chatter box. I'll read the comments. That's it. After the break, we'll stop our ticker break on the other side. Looks like the smartest man in the world is checked in. We'll hear from here, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Happy Father's Day to all the men out there and all the dads out there, uncles and cousins, people who are role models. We want to give you your praise on this day. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side. Woke up this morning and I looked to my left, thought you were here, baby. Realizing God is sudden pain in my chest, thought you were near me, baby. You posted up in London in the house that we rent, yeah, how's it doing, baby? I'm working on my music, but today I'm upset, yeah, I really miss you, baby.
weekend, the Trump campaign is saying that nearly one million people have requested tickets for the rally in Tulsa. At the same time, many said to be concerned about the coronavirus spreading. The vice president facing new criticism today after refusing to acknowledge the phrase Black Lives Matter during an interview with our station WPVI. Black Lives Matter. Can you say those words? All of us are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Uh, and so all lives matter in a very real sense. <laughs> Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is our call-in number. 347-850-1272. That was Mike Pence. Welcome back into the serious side. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Let's say good morning to you know who they are. The panel is in the house to say good morning to my big sis, Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, and friends to be out here, please just wanted to say that. All right, there you go. Uh, thank you for saying that. And uh, tell Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, happy Father's Day as well, because, you know, Bobby Jones is an outstanding guy. So tell Bobby Jones we wish him a very happy Father's Day. Bobby Jones, if you're listening, happy I Father's Day. I will do Day, that. Uh, make sh- sure you do that. My other sisters in the house, good morning. How are you, Kathleen Williams? I'm doing great today. Happy Father's Day, everybody. So much the smartest man in the world. We're actually saying hello to him for the first time this morning. Good morning, Mr. Jerome Esprit. How you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing outstanding. Best I can be on a day like this and living in America under President Donald Trump. And the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. And uh, yeah, good morning. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> All right, let's say good morning to some folks. If you, <laughs> let's say good morning to some people in the chat. If you don't mind, Miss Elias. Yeah, we had. Uh, of course, we got Covina Man in there. Boba Bright. Covina Man. And Easy was in there, but. Uh, Boba Bright was in. Uh, Easy was in there, but he left, and Boba Bright's in there. And uh, Mariana Music, that was Mahilda, and the name of the song is BRB. Okay, thank you, Ms. Elias, for providing that information. What's up to the pastor? What's going on to Mariana? What's happening to Christine, Isaiah, oh, my God, uh, Jose, uh, boy, I had them up here. Um, wow, good morning to Anderson. A lot of people tuning in on this Father's Day. Glad you guys are here. Thank you so much. Looks like Rob Smooth has checked in as well. Good morning to you, Rob, man. Happy Father's Day to you and to all the fathers out there. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's a beautiful Sunday. Hopefully you guys will get out and, you know, this is the first time that you're experiencing Father's Day through in the COVID virus. So maybe not go to a restaurant. Maybe, you know, have a picnic or do a barbecue, do something. Make sure that you're safe and make sure you think about other people as well. So we appreciate you as always now before the break uh, you know I asked a question and you know how we do it here so it is time for us to get the response to after the break where I asked our panelists a question and asked our guys to give us a response they have 90 seconds to uh, respond and it will be cut off in 90 seconds that being said let me go to you Vanessa Vanessa what do you think 
Do you agree with the fact that they're removing all these icons? And do you do you think it's about damn time that Ancient Mama will no more grace the shelves of supermarkets across the country and the world? What say you? Okay, personally, I do feel some kind of way when I see it. So if they remove it or don't remove it, I don't care either way. But my daughter did say, when she came up on the show, her comment is she feels like they should remove the statues all over the world, but they should be put someplace because it is still our history and that the children behind us or behind her need to know the history as to how things were. So my daughter said, if it came up on the show, she wanted you to know that she feels like the statues should be put in some kind of a museum for kids to be able to go back and see the way it was. That's my next thing. Well, look at that. 37 seconds. That's a new record, I think. All right, let me go to you, Kathleen. <laughs> That's a new record. I don't think anybody's got 37 seconds. All right, let me go to you, Kathleen. Uh, what do you think, Kathleen? Do you think that, uh, I mean, this, is this a right move, first of all? And you know, how do you feel about it? Do I get Vanessa's uh, 43 seconds? Yes, Kathleen, you can have it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, with regard to um, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, um, yeah. yes, I do think it's about time, but I don't stop there. Now, when you go back, I want you to pull up every dollar, every dime, every red cent you made from all those pancakes and all that rice and send oh, it boy. right over to the black community. Every penny. Every Four penny acres and a mule, huh? From that. <laughs> oh, you, yes. Okay, so don't just take the picture off that you shouldn't have had the right to anyway. Because send it back, send that money with it. That's what I want to happen. Because Uncle Ben's right. I think my mother has been feeding her family. She fed her family. Uncle Ben's right. Well, my mom was 83 years. I think she was cooking it from the womb. Her mama probably made it too. So that's a whole lot of rice. And I ate a whole lot of pancakes. And as far as the statues, I I can see where uh, Vanessa's daughter is going with it. But let me tweak that a bit. We don't need that statue standing up to the heavenlies and the clouds in order for them to learn the history. After all, they, they, they there was no problem with them not knowing the true history of who those people were. The history that America uh, the, hold on. The history that America taught was uh, revised, tweaked, all kinds of false, fake history that they have been feeding and shoving down all of our, our mouths for centuries, centuries, centuries. So now that we're getting the history right, America needs to stand on the right side of truth and herald the people who should be on statues if we're going to have them, and take those statues down. Now, you're going to teach about it. You need to include the fact, when you're teaching this history, include the fact that we were so off, even in 2020, that we didn't realize that we should have taken those horrible statues down in the first place, but finally America corrected the wrong, at least in that regard, with regard to the statues, and took those daggone things down. Take them down. Take them down. Wow. 
she used all the time except for two seconds. That was well done, Kathleen. Well done. Wow. Uh, I was like, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow, she used it. Mr. Elias, two seconds within the deadline. All right. Uh, let me go to you, Jerome, man. What do you think, brother? Do you think that, um, you know, the fact that they're taking down these companies have decided that they're going to uh, replace these uh, stereotypical type, you know, Uncle Ben's and, you know, Ancient Mama and all this other stuff. What do you think about that whole thing, brother? Okay, first I want to say, I was listening earlier when um, Kathleen said she couldn't curse, but I'm sure LES and uh, Vanessa and I will take up the <laughs> I don't give a damn about none of that. So here's how to go work. Thank you. Thank you, Anytime, I got you. is about programming, right? And yeah. so a lot of times we don't know that all of these images, all the images of, uh, of, um, that, that are impressed upon us as children are feeding a narrative. And it's what usually have white folks wigging out when anytime you see more than two black people together because their narratives has always been fed to them as children as subservient, as, you know, dysfunctional, as whatever, and that they have these higher seats of position. So it is good that those corporate um, entities are going back correcting stuff that they know are sending subliminals of people. If you want to, yep. if you want to do something, and they're not doing this out of the kindness of their heart, because corporates would figure out a way to make money. So they know right now with the internet and the way people are moving that we can un- we can undercut their money. So they know that after people stop protesting on the ground, it is nothing but a viral. Internet videos that would get people to stop messing with Prima Wheat or stop messing with Ann Jemima, right? We they know that now, so they're all trying to head this stuff off. So everybody's going back to their racist stuff and going, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we should change our logo." Like they're now doing that because they know they can get cut off. You know? Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah. This wow, that's good, man. Wow. Okay, look at that. Five seconds. Look at but these guys are on it this morning. They are on it this morning. Mr. Elias, man, you have to keep up the trend, brother. What say you? Well, you know something, Jay? Um, yeah, I, I, it is about time. I'm glad they got rid of them because it, it's stereotypical of, uh, you know, the way things are. Like they like with Uncle Remus and the rest of that crap that they were doing. And, and to Vanessa's daughter, hey, the statues, they need to go. They do. They got, that's what you have history books for. Read, read what was going she on back said, in that time. Take down, guys. Y'all misunderstood what I said. She no, said, "Let's talk." You jumping on his time, Vanessa. You jumping on his time, Vanessa. Sorry, you misunderstand. We heard you, and we love her. We Don't got worry. That, Vanessa. I'm saying, get rid of them. Period. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Burn them. Uh, burn them. Melt them down. Do whatever you need to do. Get rid of them. Period. Because you're celebrating well. people in the Confederate Army that were traitors to this country. So all you patriots that run and talk about how patriotic you are, these people fought tyranny to come against your country, your country. So get rid of them, burn them, because they're still going to be in the history book. Melt them down. Get rid of that crap. Wow, good stuff. All right, look, Mr. Elias left 25 seconds on the table. Who wants them? Going once. <laughs> going, going twice. I want it. All right, <laughs> all right 20 seconds. Go ahead. It's yours. Right? If you start taking down that history and you start saying that, then what about that black museum that I'm trying to get to in Washington to go and see that has all of the black history in it? What's the difference? 
You know what? That's a damn good question, Vanessa. You know what? I tell you what. Okay, your twenty seconds are gone. I want to. I want to talk about that. What, what, remind me to put that on the agenda for a short chat next week. That, that's interesting. You brought that up because someone said something to me like that. Uh, it's interesting, but but uh, but but yeah. But I, I'm I'm tending to agree, not to agree with them. But yeah, let's talk about that next week. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. That's it. After the break, where I asked our panelists questions and they give me their response. All right, it's time for the third and final set. Real quick. This morning, the former Atlanta police officer who killed Rayshard Brooks is behind bars, awaiting his first appearance. 27-year-old Garrett Rolfe turning himself in on Thursday. He's fighting 11 charges, including murder. Officer Devin Brosnan, accused of aggravated assault, turning himself in as well, later released on a $50,000 bond. Then he appeared on cable TV, describing the 40-minute interaction they had with Brooks. I felt he was friendly. He was, he was respectful. Uh, you know, I was respectful to him. Um, you know, and I felt like, you know, he seemed like someone who potentially needed my help. And I was really just there to see what I could do for him and make sure that he was safe. The officers were responding to a call for a man asleep in the drive-thru of this Wendy's blocking other cars. Hey. Sir. They determined Brooks was drunk, and when they tried to put him in handcuffs, he refused, and it got physical. He's seen wrestling one of their stun guns, and when he reaches back and points it toward Garrett Rolfe, Rolfe fires three times. The bullets whiz through the parking lot, striking the car Michael Perkins was in. I just heard all the tussling and stop resisting, stop fighting. I just said, this mine from the kid is mine. I heard. The videos igniting the streets of Atlanta. What's his name? Officer Brosnan's lawyer telling ABC they're surprised he was charged, but he will cooperate. He's going to do what I hope any police officer would do, which is um, be honest and tell the truth when somebody asks him what happened. Um, he is not going to be, um, there's certainly no agreement in place at this point in time for him to be a quote-unquote state's witness. And overnight, the interim police chief said that they have seen an increase in officers taking off since these charges were announced, but Atlanta's mayor insists Public safety has not been impacted. All right, so the officers, the two cops that were involved in the altercation, which led which led to the death of Mr. Uh, Richard Brooks, are now in custody. One, with the one guy with the lesser charges, are he's out on bail. The other guy, no bail set for him. I received a call this week, and I'm going to save my comments for last uh, because I'm pretty sure they're going to be pretty divisive. Uh, but I received a call from a friend uh, this past week in regards to this, um, and, and I, and I want to get everybody an opportunity to speak first. So let me go to you, Vanessa. So now that these, you know, these guys are, um, um, you know, they've been arrested. The one cop, he, uh, you know, 11 counts. They threw the book at this guy. Are you concerned that they threw too many charges and that, uh, you know, he may get acquitted? Because it looks like they were saying, look, we're going to throw everything up against the wall. We hope something sticks. We're going to hit him with every conceivable uh, charge that we can associated with this crime. Um, just give me your overall assessment of what's been going on so far in the uh, Rayshard Brooks uh, case, the developments, that okay. is. So I'm going to do like the senators, and I'm going to put my time over to Kathleen, because if y'all been looking at me on Facebook, <laughs> I have not been nowhere around to really pay attention to this. Uh, so I'm going to lean my time over to Kathleen, because I don't really know what's going on with it. And how many charges it is? I, I don't. I'm not familiar. I've been gone. So Kathleen can get okay. my wow. time. Okay. Well, Kathleen, uh, there it is. She passed the mic to you. What say you? And I'm gonna pass the mic to Jerome. 
There it is, Jerome. It's like the hot potato. Not because I don't know about it, but I just, I, you know, I'm just getting that sense. Holy Spirit is saying, give it to the man. It's not a man. Go ahead, Jerome. Take it away. The Holy Spirit intervenes. You know you got to do what the Holy Spirit says. Before I talk right now. No, oh my God, a Marco Rubio moment. Okay. Let's say you, Jerome. All right. So, you know, I, you asked the question that yes, do we think that that it was um, that they overcharged them, that they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at them? Yeah. I think that is a yes, wrong sir. way to paraphrase, like to paraphrase a question, because it is okay. really how media always describes something. That gives mm-hmm. us uh, a sense of what to believe, right? Because just right. even a even a question that that way sounds like we're doing something wrong, like we're unjustly um, treating that officer because we're throwing everything at him. Those charges. Well, that's not the intent, but but I give. No, I know it's not. I know it's not. So I'm not blaming you. I'm I'm saying to you that we got in such mm-hmm. a habit in this in this country and media. Mm-hmm. To always frame questions in a way that gives you an impression before the question is even asked, right? Is it too much? Is it this? That he killed somebody and shot him in the back. Then he yep. then he kicked him. That's yep. where the assault charges come in because he kicked him after he shot him. He lay dead and then they did not call an ambulance right off. They didn't try to help him. They didn't try to resuscitate him. So all of those charges are charges that they would charge anybody else. And you're right. not immune to charges just because you work for the government. When the law breaks the law, there is no law. And so we need to stop being so overly sensitive to police because they've done a great job lobbying this over years and years and years. They give their life for this country. They're sacrificial lambs. And we need – that is bull. We have – People who legitimately, and, and I mean legitimately, are criminals on the police force. Legitimate right. criminals, shaking people down, taking their money, filtering uh, um, drug transactions, doing protection for people who are doing illegal. That, that's legitimate. Them dudes need to go to jail. So when you're a criminal and you're on the police force, you don't need any of my sympathy when it comes to you getting charges. So those charges uh, from the press conference that I saw from the DA, he went through that and said, hey, you know what? Every charge that he we can prove is what we charged him with. And I know people are in their head are thinking about the Baltimore case, and they're saying, oh, she charged, they charged him too fast. She actually interviewed about this, and she said, we didn't have videotape. See, because it suspends your belief. When you talk fictitiously or, or when you talk, like, metaphorically about a police officer, he has a hard job. He might have felt like his life is in danger. When you don't have videotape, you can play that stuff in your head. When you see him shoot mm-hmm. that guy, matter of fact, when you see him talking to him and trying to arrest him when he's out of his car and they want to arrest him for DWI when he was sleeping in his car, and he says, I'll just walk home. And you say, nope, nope, we're going to arrest you. He's already being unjustly um, um, prosecuted. So your burden is a little bit different. Now you have a grudge. Now we need to see what's in your head that, that makes you want to press up against that guy. So those charges are very different than the charges that are in Baltimore because we can see on videotape now 
where that officer's head was. We see him shoot him, see the guy fall, see him runs over and kick him. We know. So as everybody starts whining, everybody from these police benevolent association folks that are whining, stop crying. Because you were the tough guys about 10 minutes ago. Well, Work that out in jail. There it is. He said, work it out in jail. Mr. Elias, man, your thoughts on this? Well, bottom line is, lady, you know, I'm, I'm with, anytime you shoot somebody in the back, you know, I mean, he, of course he turned and fired a taser. Okay. But he was running. So did it hit you? So you shoot him, you shoot three shots, and one of them hits the car. You know, you could have killed somebody else beyond that. So you shoot three times and you, you kill this man shooting him in his back. Does it sound vaguely familiar? Because I could have swore Michael Brown died the same way. Um, so, I mean, for me to feel sorry for the police officers that did this, no, I don't. I, I just watch what happens, and I think these police officers are going to get off. I do. Because right now, as, as we think people are saying, it, it's hard to be a police officer. Well, yeah, because you have, you have caused tyranny your whole life. You, our whole life, like like Kathleen said earlier, we have been unjustly targeted. We have been unjustly uh, picked at by the police, you know. And they they violate our amendment. But you know, where was where was the NRA at when they shot Philando? Uh, uh, what was the name? Philando Castro? When they shot him in Minnesota? What was the NRA at then? How come they didn't ticket the police then? Because it was a black man that was being shot. So the bottom line is the police have been doing this for a long time. Uh, I don't feel sorry for them at all. I don't. I just, I don't. I, even like, I, have, I have family that's uh, officers in, in the police force. I don't feel sorry for them at all. Because you are targeting people unfairly. Hmm. Wow. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, um, uh, for the first time this past week, I watched the entire video in its entirety, and um, I received a call from a friend of mine, and um, and and this is what she said to me. Um, before I make this comment, let me let me say this: I, I definitely agree. I think that the officer uh, should be charged. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, this was a situation where he couldn't catch the guy, so instead of him, you know saying, hey, you know what, we'll come back and get him another day. We're just going to shoot him, you know, shoot him, shoot him in the back. And, and, you know, shooting while you had civilians around and under any, any jurisdiction, that you know, that was un, an unjustified use of, um, of a lethal uh, force. But, you know, a friend of mine called me this week, and, and what she said to me, it really resonated. And what she said was this. She says, you know, Jay, if you look at the video, she, first of all, she asked me to take a look at the video and then, you know, call her back. And, and I did just that. So I looked at the video, and I called her back. And before I tell you the reason why she's concerned, let me, let me tell you my assessment of what I saw. And, and, and let me say this. I don't care who gets pissed off behind it. Uh, I'm gonna, I live in America. I can make my comments, and I have the right to them. If you don't like them, so be it. I don't care. Here's what I will say was, that guy was drunk, okay? And when I tell you he was drunk, he was drunk. If you look at the video, he didn't know where he was. When they asked him about certain highways, he didn't know. And in my opinion, up until he wrestled with the officers and took off 
and they shot him in the back, those officers were doing exactly what they should have been doing with him. Because the reason why my friend called me is because she lost her two daughters and a son to a drunk driver. Okay? And she was like, you know, I hate that they shot him, but they did the right thing by trying to pull him over and try to give him a test. What they should have done, well, if they should have said, hey, look, tell you what, we'll take you down to the station and let you, you know, sleep it off, or, you know, we'll call you an Uber, or whatever the case may be. But for them to shoot him in the back when he took off, I don't agree with that, but I think those officers were doing their job up until that whole situation happened. Because I watched in horror. When I was riding home one day, I was behind my wife and kids in a car, and I saw a guy that was so drunk that he narrowly missed them. Narrowly. I followed this guy off the thing, and I called the police, and they took him into custody. My best friend, my childhood best friend, lost his mother and his two sisters because a guy was sloppy drunk, and he hit them head on. They died instantly, and like in most cases, the guy who was drunk, walked away with just a broken leg. So, you know, it's it, the cops were wrong for shooting them. But, you know, in my opinion, they did everything right. Matter of fact, the first guy was really, in my opinion, was trying to de-escalate the situation. The second guy, he had a little smart assness to him, but I still think that they were doing their job until, you know, that that encounter and you know drunk driving you know and and she was she was in tears when she was talking to me because a day this happened to her seven years ago and a day that doesn't go by that she don't think about her kids that she lost and this guy who actually killed her kids he had been you know he had he had already had he was driving he didn't even have a license he had taken his license from him because he was a repeat offender. Now, why was he in jail? I have no idea. I'm not a lawyer. But that's just my take on it. And, you know, you can Check agree or disagree, but that's my take on it. Yeah. Absolutely. I go to break, you. but go ahead. I said ahead. when it first happened, I kept saying it, kept saying it. They should have taken him to jail from Jump Street. Just take, Don't say you walk home, don't play, my car, my sister's around the corner. If they had just done their job like they were doing, instead of talking to him for 25 minutes and took him right on to jail, then none of this would have happened. I don't agree with that, Vanessa. I think the reason why people are in arms of, well, well, let me say this. Let me say this. The reason why I think people are in arms about that statement is because there are too many times where officers have let people go. Mike Tyson told the story about how he was high on drugs, couldn't walk, was blurred, and the cop took him home. Took him in the squad car and took him home. And so, you know, I think people are saying, look, they could have de-escalated the situation, especially in this environment. Especially in this environment. In the military, when soldiers get drunk, the MPs will come and say, look, tell you what we're going to do. We, we, we're not going to arrest you. What we're going to do, we're going to take you down to the station. And they had a room where they said, you just sleep it off, and then you have somebody to come and get you in the morning. I, I mean, so... Which B-19, they're just not doing that, Jay. They just should have just took him to jail. And they, But just think, if they had took him to jail, he'd still be alive. Well, they were trying to, but that, that's, that um, was one of the charges that they didn't tell him he was arrested. Uh, oh, wait, wait, because you guys are starting to give me a headache. Here, here's the thing. You go ahead, but we got to go to break. Go ahead, Jerome. Let Jerome have a firework, then we got to get out of here. Go ahead, Jerome. But here's the thing. We 
have to stop doing this, right? That man is stop dead. doing what, Jerome? We stop doing what? Stop. Listen, we have to stop critiquing after the fact. Like we're talking about something totally different. I understand DUI. I have I have stories about DWI and all that. But we are talking about this at the same time that we're talking about the police officer and killing somebody, right? So I agree with you on that. No, no, I know you are. I know you. I know you both are. But what I'm saying is that when we start mixing stuff inside of a conversation, it starts justifying actions one way or another, right? Doesn't so justify. Though, I disagree with that. No, no. I, I'm saying the interpretation oh, of people who listen to shows, when you can make, especially with black folks, right? So we will have a situation happen, and we'll say, hey, we disagree with this part of the situation, but I don't like the shoes that he had on. Or I, I disagree with the situation, but he should have done this. And maybe he would have been alive if he did something else. We're not really, I, I'm not really um, so big on debating whether that man should have went to jail under normal circumstances or not. Because it is tragic that that dude has lost his life. And if we were talking about it under a different show, and if no, we were talking about it under a different context, yeah, true. But we are mixing them in the same conversation, and that is confusing to people. Is all I'm saying. Well, let me, well, let me unconfuse people. Let me unconfuse folks here. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that I agree that that cop should have been charged for what happened. Okay. I agree with that 110 percent. But in my opinion, and it's just my opinion. My opinion is important to me. I don't care what anybody thinks. In my opinion. The fact that, like I said, I watched in almost in horror that my damn kids, my family almost got taken out by a drunk driver. And so the bottom line is, is this, is that I think that up until he ran, they did their job. And you know what? They asked to go to jail. I'm 110% in agreement with that. I don't want anybody to mix my words. I'm glad that they were charged. Because this guy wasn't in physical shape to catch this guy, so what does he do? He shoots him in the back, and then when he's on the ground, he kicks him, and then they don't even render aid. So I am down with that. I hope they rot in him. You know what? I shouldn't say that because I'm a Christian. I hope that they find Christ. The bottom line is I hope they rot in jail. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this. Coming up, Chatterbox, and on a need-to-know basis. We'll be back. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week. Her name and her story have become synonymous with the moment and the movement for justice. This morning, almost three months after Breonna Taylor was shot and killed by police as she laid in bed, one of the three officers involved in the shooting has been fired. Chief Schroeder is today initiating termination procedures against Louisville Metro Police Officer Brett Hankinson. The FBI was back at Brianna's apartment Friday continuing their investigation. Brett Hankinson was part of the team who executed a since-outlawed no-knock search warrant back on March 13th. Protesters in the state of Kentucky and across the nation have called for all the officers to be fired and charged with murder. The Public Integrity Unit determined that he used excessive force and was reckless in firing the shots into Brianna's home. With pressure mounting, an incident report was released last week. It details Taylor's injuries as none despite her death. 
The Louisville Metro Police Department also checks no when it came to the question of force entry. Authorities say Officer Hankinson showed extreme indifference to human life and that his actions were a shock to the conscience. Taylor, an EMT with dreams of becoming a nurse, was fatally killed when she was shot eight times. I think it's insane. Why would you want to enter into a home in the middle of the night without announcing yourself? The lawyer representing Breonna Taylor's family calls the firing of this officer a small victory, but they're asking for full accountability. Now, those other two officers have been reassigned, but they remain on the force. That's it. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Brown. See you next time. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Support for NPR and the following message come from DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo believes getting privacy online should be simple. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Police in the German city of Stuttgart are questioning 20 people they arrested after a night of violence that left downtown stores vandalized and four police officers injured. Police believe the disturbance started as a reaction to a police search for drugs. British police say they are treating a stabbing attack that left three people dead and three others injured as a terrorist incident. Authorities say counter-terrorist detectives are taking over the investigation. The attack happened in a park this weekend in the town of Reading. A 25-year-old man is in custody. To Israel, officials there say the country is entering a second wave of the coronavirus cases on the rise in both Israel and Palestinian areas of the West Bank. Here's Daniel Estrin reports from Jerusalem. Israelis and Palestinians weathered the coronavirus pandemic relatively well compared to many other countries, and officials lifted restrictions over the last two months. Wedding halls reopened, and Israel's cinemas and theaters are about to reopen. But Israel's National Coronavirus Task Force says that might not be a good idea. Israel's been averaging about 300 new virus cases a day. The task force is warning of a spike in deaths within one month if no strict action is taken now. Cases are on the rise among Palestinians, too. Palestinian officials don't want to overstretch their already weak health care system. So in the West Bank, officials are shutting down weddings and public gatherings. And two major cities with new cases are under strict new lockdown orders. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. Spain opened its borders today to European tourists and is now allowing its citizens to move freely around the country. The government ended a national state of emergency after three months of the coronavirus lockdown. This is NPR. God, I'm falling asleep at the wheel. 347 the call-in number. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, uh, what do you have? Hope you're looking at this crap Mariana music right in here. Um, what do you have, Mr. Elias? I got, I got some, I got some from Bobo White. Bobo White said Trump is a greedy businessman. He isn't going to nuke anybody. He's going to wheel and deal. And then Covina man says a lot of these black Trump supporters are African immigrants whose families were complicit in the slave trade. Now the grandchildren move here and comply with the white supremacy here. White supremacy here. Hmm. 
right. I have a few. Uh, pastors checked in. Peace and blessings. Family, happy Father's Day to all the outstanding men of the serious side. Thank you, Pastor. Great show as always. Thank you, sir. Anderson, West Virginia. Uh, it says, it would be nice if you people would support our president. Uh-oh. I don't think this is starting out too good. He is the president of this country. Sure, sure he does things that I disapprove of, but we should all want him to be successful. Well, we didn't say that, Anderson. Pence was wrong for not saying black matters, black lives matter because they do. Okay, maybe there's some, some hope for you, Anderson. I have a black granddaughter who has my heart, and I can't wait to see her later today. Okay, Anderson, hi. Uh, Francine from Memphis, Jay. Jay, you don't know me, but I am Felicia's cousin. Oh, okay. Thank you for addressing this. Thank you. Okay, Felicia's uh, the young Felicia? lady that I spoke to. Felicia's the person that I spoke never mind, to. Never uh, mind. Never mind. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, Janice <laughs> no. from Houston, Texas says, no, don't stop the conversation. Can y'all continue? It's getting too good. We got to go, Janice. Whatever. And Mariana, oh, my. I can see both. Oh, my. She said, oh, my. I can see both points, but I'm not taking sides. I love both of you guys. Emoji, Winky, Kissy, and Jerome. You know what, Mariana? You, you are, we have a complicated history between you and I, okay? Okay. But that's okay. You know, you you love him, you love me, too. I'm just going to get the residual of all that love. 347-850-1272. All right, we have to, uh, let's get to my favorite part of these people, man. Uh, let's get to my favorite part of the show, if we don't mind. You know what time it is. Oh, my God, look at this. All right, you know what time it is, folks. It is time for on a need-to-know basis with my brother from another mother, Mr. Jerome Spree. Man, what are you talking about this morning? All right. Um, our first story, you know, Arctic Records, it's, uh, it records its hottest temperature ever. Mercury hit over mm. 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Siberia, of all places. So the mercury Wow. Down. What? Yeah, it's, it's in Siberia, 100 degrees. You mean the real Siberia, not Siberia, Kansas, or Siberia, Siberia, a place that I can't even pronounce. Wow. Oh, that's in Siberia. <laughs> like that place. Wow. B E R K H O Y. A N S K. You joking, Jerome? Siberia. Stop pulling our leg. Stop pulling our leg, Jerome. Stop. Stop it. There, no, Siberia, hey, Mississippi. I didn't make that up. No, that's the that's the place. Okay. So it shot up an astonishing 32 degrees above normal for this time of year, and um, apparently they're having a summer heat wave a little early. So it wow. said um, temperatures were high in May as well. All right. The, the the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has estimated some 600 Americans are killed um, by heat every year. But a new study that uses stats on death in cities suggests that it's more than 5,600, almost 6,000 people are killed by heat each year. So now that it's getting mm. hot in Siberia, we know where this is going. It's going to yeah, get hot here. Really. Yeah. Now, half the world's population is exposed to increased air pollution, with some regions reaching five times uh, above the safety level set by the um, World Health Organization. That's what the study reveals. Experts, in collaboration with WHO, or the World Health Organization, found that half the world's population is exposed to increased air pollution, with parts of Asia and Africa reaching the amounts 
five times um, about, uh, above safety levels. Yeah. Yeah, you notice where, where the bad, health, um, bad pollution is starting to be now. We're moving it. Um, thanks, Obama. Now that Trump's trying to take it away, our pollution will be coming back soon, too. Now, the United States, along with much of the world, is experiencing um, high May temperatures um, since record-keeping began 141 years ago. They, that's according to the U.S. Na- um, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. We are in a heat wave. And through May, we've been at our highest temperatures ever, 141 years. Now, um, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo repealed um, New York's police secrecy laws and um, put their funding on the line as a part of a reform package that he said will turn the page on systemic issues, systemic issues of race and excessive force. So there used to be a law that covered your personal identity and all of that stuff in New York State if a policeman did something, and he repealed that uh, last week. And he also, yeah, yeah, you're not getting any cover now. Uh, the uh, People in New York can record police activity and maintain custody of that, re- of that recording under a new law signed by Andrew Cuomo. Now, the New Yorker's Right to Monitor Act takes effect in 30 days, the law is one of ten that state lawmakers passed in three days last last week um, um, to answer the cause of accountability amongst law enforcement. So that means, and that happened here, um, where in the area that I'm in, someone recorded the police um, doing something to someone, and the police came across the street and snatched their stuff, you know, snatched their phone or camera, whatever it was, and arrested them. But now we have a law saying that if you record the police, you have a right to keep your your recording in your own custody. They can't arrest you for stuff like that. See how our laws have just gone too far. Um, really? Yep. So also, speaking of Cuomo, he gave his last daily address um, uh, on Friday for the pandemic. You know, it marked a milestone in, in the state's recovery. He said, rather than appearing live, because I actually watched this, he had um, a 10-minute pre-recorded speech followed by a three-minute video. But he did a press conference for 110 daily press conferences. Applause, applause, applause. Yeah, yeah. He said that I think the numbers was like almost 60 million viewers. And New York State has 19 million people. So we're going to say this. Wow. He, and he, he was really respectful of that, where he just pretty much said that, um, you know, not just New Yorkers, but you would think that people across the country would have got something from New York because New York, uh, when we started, we had more cases per capita any state in the country or any nation on earth. New York State had more cases. But we've done 180 degree from worst to first. And so New York State has the lowest of anybody in the, any state in the country, and we have the lowest in the world now. Our contraction rate wow, is um, like .06 something, I think, now. So mm. New York State changed. Now, speaking of New York State, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that Juneteenth would become a city and a school holiday starting next year. So he and his wife... They announced this new Racial Justice Reconciliation Committee that will um, establish a citywide truth and reconciliation process. 
Now, he said one task of the commission will be to consider removing public statues like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Now, this goes to the earlier segment that we have. This is the first time in the city uh, or state, in uh, any city and state in America, will actually examine the truth, is what he said, establishing uh, definitive historical record of racial discrimination in New York City, providing New Yorkers with a platform to give voice to their experiences, promoting social um, social learning and collective introspection and policy action and care, um, I guess, one's own barriers to, uh, I guess, true racial equity. Now, I don't know what none of that means, honestly. <laughs> like, the truth is, I think that's garbage, but I just wanted to, I just need to do the story because it was there. Any truth and reconciliation uh, conversation does not happen and is not effective until there's action. So, it's still doing more than Texas is doing, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, this is true, but Texas still writes our textbooks, so we need to do that in Truth and Reconciliation because we're still not going to get no good history if Texas keep writing the writing the textbooks. You know. Oh, Kathleen, yeah. you were going to say. Correct. Sorry. Oh, I, I, I don't remember what I said. I said something, but I don't remember. You know, here, also, I want to say this. Oh, I said, I and the this. money. I said, and the money. They're trying to correct everything, and we go right back to that speech that uh, of Dr. King, the bootstrapper. You know, yeah. we, if we don't correct the money, all of this is just make is just to make you know white that America feel, feel better. better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, you know, the teacher sued and had it corrected. They did what? Excuse me? A teacher sued and had it corrected here in Texas. Oh, the, the uh, what, history book? Yep, yeah, she did. Yeah. My daughter's you know, a history buff, she told me. Yeah. See, see, um, you know, I want to say this really quickly. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and um, he's, he's an older guy, but he was telling me when he was in college, they – they protested. You know, kids now are thinking, and I hate when people say this. I shouldn't say I hate this because I don't hate anything. Um, but it, it kind of gets on uh, gets on my nerves in a black person's vernacular <laughs> when people say this. Um, when folks, when kids are saying we are not our ancestors, don't believe that your ancestors aren't strong. That is garbage. So I want young kids yeah. to stop saying nonsense like that. So when he was in college. They were they were protesting apartheid, and if you want to know why, pro, uh, you know, being that we're talking about truth and reconciliation, the reason that apartheid ended was not because the European colonists or colonizers wanted apartheid to end in South Africa. It's because in um, colleges across this country they were divesting from South Africa, That's and so right. once they pulled their money, these all these black folks across the nation. And white folks across the nation in their schools pressuring them to divest from South Africa. Most of you weren't born when this happened. But once they divested, it was the British Chancellor um, um, Thatcher who called Ronald Reagan in the 80s and told him that we can't contain this anymore. So they called South African president and told him, we can't help you. Because Maxine Waters... And she co-sponsored the bill, and the United States government divested from South Africa. And Reagan tried to over Reagan vetoed it, and Congress overridden the veto that they could not get funding. 
And once South Africa stopped getting money, of course, they were like, let's let Nelson Mandela out. It wasn't because they got a conscience and wanted to. And, and one of the things that South African's president says now is that our flaw in truth and reconciliation was that there, there was no substantial economic um, reconciliation tied to them just telling the truth. You can tell the truth all you want to. If no money goes to assist and, and undo some of the things that were done, you're not going to have any balance. So South Africa still has problems because they never um, balanced the, e- the economic injustice that were done to the people who of South Africa. So if we don't undo that and actually do something about the economic um, injustices, like we just said, corporations need to, to um, you know, own up to their responsibility. And I know we did this, but Eskimo Pie, you know, they dropped their derogatory name after a 100-year-old ice cream maker uh, followed the lead of Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima, Aunt Jemima um, by overhauling their labels. That I don't know why they say it was considered racist. It is racist. So they said they'll have a new name and a logo next year is what they count, uh, the company announced on Saturday. Nestle, which ultimately owns the brand, followed the lead by Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben's, and Mrs. Butterworth. And on Wednesday, the owner of Cream of Wheat, Uncle Ben's, Rice, and Mrs. Butterworth all said that they will be reviewing how the brand's pro- um, products are packaged. Lando Lakes changed theirs uh, a month or two, a couple of months ago, if I remember correctly. Quaker Oats mm. said that it would retire the name of Aunt Jemima. I don't know what retired me. I guess they're going to keep the retain the copyright and trade of the name. Um, and acknowledge yeah. that the logo and the ultimate um, the ultimate logo of the pancake mix and syrup brand um, was based on a racial stereotype. And and coincidentally, here in upstate New York, the person that that was modeled after, she's buried in the cemetery here, and she's the the person that they modeled the Aunt Jemima um, brand off of the logo. Oh wow! And she traveled, and Little she was a housekeeper. Yeah, oh. she was a, she was a housekeeper, and she obviously made you know she was a good, very good cook. She worked at um, you know the you know universities and uh, other places, and they based it. Uh, um, she was a spokesperson for it, and she was actually a good housekeeper. But somebody oh, wow. sent me that story this morning. I'll yeah. share it to you, Jay. Yes, Anna Harrington okay. is her name. I was going to have to try to remember, oh, wow. it, but it just popped in my head. Yep. All right, we so, have to say yeah. goodbye. Now, Jerome, let, let me ask you something, because I got something from a guy named from Chris from Jasper, Texas, saying are we going to get more talking points after the goodbye. So uh, that's up to Jerome, but but we have to get ready to step out. Uh, but, Jerome, uh, I'm thinking that I'm liking it, and I'm thinking that everybody else is liking it, so I'm thinking that, you know, maybe perhaps perhaps maybe we uh, will get a little, little something uh, after uh, we say our goodbyes. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Can I real but. quick just say my goodbye so I can go to church? Well, we well we're getting ready to do that. We're getting ready to say that now. I mean, but I, I had to jump okay. in, yeah. So so all right. So all right. If we're gonna okay. So I'm so assuming Jerome's gonna hang around because I have a question to ask him about what he we just can, said. We can we can do some after. Um, okay. Yeah, well, see there you go. See uh, Chris yes, from Jasper, Texas. You know we 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 help you out. All right. So uh, all right. So it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, let's go to Vanessa. Vanessa, final thoughts so you can go and pray. My final thought is I really do need to say some special prayers because my daughter, my sister, I apologize, was diagnosed with C19 uh, on Thursday. Mm. 
And so special, special prayers. Uh, that's what was going on last Sunday when I stepped out on the mm. show. They were rushing her to the yeah. hospital. Uh, she had 102.7 fever while the show was going on. And uh, her results came back on Thursday that she has the C-19. Uh, so um, Bobby and I kind of we were with them about a week ago, so we decided to kind of distance ourselves for about another week away from other people. So that's the reason why we took the RV out and to make sure that we were okay. So um, prayers out to her, prayers out to David Hughley. I mean, D.L. Hughley, same thing with him Friday. He fainted on stage doing the show, and he had C-19. So... Ms. Kathleen, I'm so blessed and grateful that you have gotten through it. I hope that you guys will feel proud for my sister because I won't be here. Just just say it to yourself and my sister to get through this. She's 60-something years old. Thank you so much. And I love you, Monica, if you're listening. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to definitely ask Kathleen for a word of prayer after everybody say their goodbyes before we shut it out of here. I really want to do that. All right, Kathleen, give me your final thoughts. Oh, uh, Wow, that was a lot. Um, Vanessa, I am definitely praying for your sister um, for sure. And we pray that she does get through this without a scar or a hitch. Um, my final thoughts are really for the, um, the black fathers. Uh, fathers. Father's Day, of course, we know is today. And I woke up thinking about Gianna Taylor. Um, George Taylor's daughter and then I started to think about all the other families and children um, and parents of black men and women who were taken senselessly from this earth by you know at the hands of police brutality and just thinking about little Deanna Taylor this morning brought me to a, a, a very, very special place. So I just want to honor those who are struggling through today. And, um, you know, I lost my father, too, some years ago. And this is a very difficult thing to go through your life without a dad. So God bless you. We are praying for you. And your father in heaven has got you for sure. Um, but we will keep our eyes and ears on um, on your life, uh, little Deanna, and all the other children of those dads who have been taken away and the children that we never will get to see because of Brianna Taylor's senseless, senseless death. So um, that's it. Happy Father's Day to all of you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Kathleen Williams, I mean, I'm Kathleen, uh, Jerome, and final thoughts. You know, I, I want to um, give my final thoughts to uh, Jay and Vanessa. Now, I know I interrupted you, your conversation. I would apologize to you because I usually, honestly, would just kind of black that out. But I, for the listeners, I'm not apologizing to saying that to them. The thing that the point that the only point that I was making because I don't disagree with either one of you or your emotions how you feel. But the thing that I disagree with is mixing stories to neutralize them. And I think that sometimes when I watch television, I watch that happen a lot, and every, and it makes me turn a station because it for some reason it never sits well with me to mix stories when we are taken away from the main subject. So it's not that wasn't directed towards you. It's kind of my frustration in watching mainstream media or media generally because they're so yeah. really good at neutralizing our, our emotion by 
changing whatever story to fit a different narrative. And not that that narrative wasn't valid and that we shouldn't have topics about that, and it, it works, um, that we should. But it was just kind of me hearing that. It, it, I was in the frame of mind of one thing, and it turned. And so I always get frustrated with the audience when I hear, um, you know, whether it's this show or other shows, when people call yeah. in and try to change the subject. And um, so that's where that came from. That has nothing to do with the love on this program. So if anybody's listening, yeah. thinking that we're falling out, there's none of that going. So shout yeah. out, everybody. Have Absolutely. a good week. And we'll... Well, well, we'll be at it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you're my brother, man. So, hey, man, you know how that goes. Speaking of brothers, uh, there he is. Dominicus, the first and last word. Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts. Well, Jay, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but today is a special day for a young lady that I've loved <laughs> all her entire life. So, yeah. I love you, baby, and I'm going to let your dad go from there. But, you know, as I always say, folks, get out and vote. Get out and do your thing. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks, Ms. Elias. A couple of comments here. Uh, Mariana Music says, uh, Jay, baby, I love you. <laughs> I acknowledge your role because he always shouts me out doing his final thoughts. She says, oh, you, my you love, no must learn. Yeah, well, that's, well, this is what she says. She says, you, my love, must learn the art of the stump upper lip. I don't know how to take that, Mariana, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I'm not going to let you steal my deal on this day. Speaking of Father's Day. You know, you know, she, this girl here, man, you know. I don't know what's up with her. She loves some Jerome, boy. You know, yeah, we have other people on the show, Mariana. We're going to say hi to Kathleen sometimes. Mr. Elias will always give you the name. Okay, how about you talk to him sometimes? Come on now. This morning, just Jerome. I know I am, man. I am. I'm not gonna let her steal my joy on this day. And like Mr. Elias said, uh, (laughs) it's a it's a special day for a number of reasons. First of all, Kathleen, thank you so much for saying what you said about uh, some of the first time fatherless Father's Day celebrations that will be happening all across this nation because of senseless police violence. And there are stories that we're not even covering that are flying under the radar, and so hopefully we can bring those to light as well. But this is my first Father's Day without my pops, and, uh, you know, it's an odd feeling. Usually before the show it falls on a Sunday, I'll send them a little quick uh, video chat and say, hey, what's going on, man, how you doing? So this is the first time. Uh, that's not happening, but I know he's resting easy in heaven. You know, tell him to get off those roofs because he loves to get up on the roof. Even at the age of 80 something, he's jumping on the roof. I'm like, man, get your tail down before you fall and hurt yourself. So, happy Father's Day to your father in heaven. Love you to death. Um, also, I want to say, and Mr. Elliott said this today is the, my middle daughter's birthday. Oh, my God. You know, when I think about my baby. And, um, you know, it, I get sentimental when I think about my, my, my kids because, you know, there are a lot of titles that I have that I've had throughout my life. I've been, you know, the NCOIC in charge of this. I've been, the you know, the director of this. I've been the manager of this. I've been the You've been the man to get on Mr. You know, You've been labeled as the uh, man to get on Mr. Elias' nerves, too. I've been, yeah. I have been the host of this and that. But I'm going to tell you, the one yeah. title that Can I, I don't give a damn about any of those titles, the one title 
that I am the most proud of is being daddy. I, I can't think of anything in the world that I'd rather be than be the father of my three beautiful daughters. So to my middle daughter, Lexi Lex, daddy loves you so much, loves you with all of his heart, and I can't wait to see you later. And it's like... It's Father's Day, but it's like, you know, I still got to give you money. So I, I don't know how this is working out. But anyway, so I'm glad it's Father's Day. <laughs> I, I'm still losing out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but sweetheart, I, I love you to pieces, and thank you so, 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 so much. And so <laughs> on that note, uh, Mr. LES, uh, if it's Sunday and uh, <laughs> and uh, we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Wow show. All right, so Jasper, I mean, sorry, Chris from Jasper, Texas. You're only a few minutes away from getting what you want. In the meantime, for Vanessa, for Kathleen, for Jerome, for Johnny, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rob saying have a wonderful work week. Enjoy this day, Dad. And if we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Rob show. See you next week. And see some of you guys in a matter of three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Folks, the saga continues to give the people what they want. Who made that song? God did give the people... Give the people what they want. Here it is. Uh, the OJ. The OJ. OJ's made that. That's right. The OJ's made that. Yes, right. I dig it. All right. The continuation on a need-to-know basis with my main member, Mr. Jerome Street. Now, Jerome, I have to ask you a question. Yes, sir. Because this is what somebody said to me about this whole Aunt your Mama thing, that they said that they hate to see it go, but at the same time, they took pride in knowing that a black woman was on the... the you know, was the face of all of this. And I was kind of saying, like, I'm confused with that comment, but okay. So that's well, one of the reasons is, why I asked the ATB today. Right. So so yeah. it's, it's like understanding, because, you know, again, it was her cooking. Like, I don't know if she actually made, like, they took the ingredients for her with the pancakes. I don't know if that's true or not. But just like, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, that, it was stolen uh-huh. The recipe that they actually used and used a fictitious kernel guy as having the 16 herbs and spices. Wait, I thought he was oil. real. Uh, oh, you telling me, oh, you saying Colonel Sanders is not real? No, he he's is real, but he's like stolen. he is. But he took that recipe um, from some black yeah. folks that actually made yeah. that. He stole it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my lord! I, I don't you know, didn't man. know that. Wow. I did you not. Know that? I'm mad now. Man. I know that, bro. I'm mad. I'm mad. No more KFC for me. Wow. You know the history of Jack Daniels as well, right? Yeah. Well, what happened to Jack Daniels? Good Lord, Jay. We're doing a whole What, what happened? Well, Mr. Yeah. Elias don't know. He's laughing. So, Mr. Elias, what happened with Jack Daniels yeah. and Sally S? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the slaves, uh, it, was, it was the black folks that, look, man, yeah. the black folks that, 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 yeah. that, 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 yeah, he didn't have a process to to um, refine no. it or to be able to make. What, what is Jack Daniels? Is that rum? It's, no, it's, um, uh, it's, it's whiskey. whiskey. It's whiskey. It's whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. to make whiskey, and it was.
was the black folks that was there that made the whiskey, and he actually packaged it and mm-hmm. sold it. Yeah, he took it from them, just like KFC yep. took the recipe. That's, I could have said that. Okay. You could have said what? But I didn't. I, I could have said that <laughs> I, they sold it from black people. I mean, I, that, you know. But I no, didn't. no, no. Okay, I, fine. I can give you the name. They actually honor the family now. So there's a Jack Daniels commercial that you see some black people in, and that they kind of actually did a slight reconciliation about a year and a half ago where they acknowledged oh, wow. the person that they actually took that yeah. stuff from. Oh. Yeah, see, this is why I love this segment. I love it. Yeah, so, new so sometimes when we when we do this and we're talking about a climate that all of these people across the board, I think that what what happened with the George um, Floyd murder kind of highlights the fact that the systemic racism is contributing to how everybody is reacting to black people, right? And so now some corporate folks are saying we need to reconcile this now. Like, this is getting out of hand because we can use economic power now to kind of um, turn our, turn our um, money, right, and, and actually refocus what our purpose is because these kids are not playing. So if you're going to have, you know, something like, you know, 30 days of protesting, people really know that you're serious. It's not that we didn't know some of this stuff before. I think that corporate is finding that their dollars are going to be affected. And I think outside of that mm-hmm. – Folks don't like what they're seeing out of themselves either, right? And so just like the nonviolence um, movement, is just a strategy, right? It's not a way to live. So Martin Luther King believed that if you saw on TV um, the police putting dogs and hoses on little kids, that it would make you feel some kind of way. Now, again, it did not work out so well because apparently they didn't feel that kind of way. But at the same time, right now, I think people are taking it a little bit differently because the reality is hitting them on how brutal that we are to our fellow citizens. And then we can't sell that to other countries. So every time I hear someone say, this is the greatest um, country in the history of the world and all that nonsense, we are selling that nonsense to other people. And people like, you know, China, and those guys are slamming us going, hey, but how are you treating your black people? Right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the Germans did or Vietnamese did. When they came out and said to the black soldiers, why are you fighting for them when, they, when they're treating the POWs better than they're treating the soldiers, the black soldiers? You hold a German, they treat them nicer than they actually are treating the soldiers that are fighting for the country. So we have a lot of reconciliation to do. And on the next show, I did have a, have a list uh, of companies that profited off of you know slave trade and all of the other stuff. We'll run those, you know, New York Life and all those. Bank of America bought a subsidiary. Um, all of those companies, we're going to list those. Because I did see a news story on, you know, since, you know, um, Quaker Oats and all those guys are making corrections, they need to start correcting. Like Kathleen said, give us some of that Uncle Ben's money back. <laughs> they need to start investing. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, so Chick-fil-A CEO makes a bizarre plea for white people to repent for racism by shining a black stranger's shoes. This is Chick-fil-A CEO. He said, yeah, yeah. after that? a dozen of his stores were vandalized with his stores exploits. He found somebody's shoes. Yeah, after a dozen of his stores were vandalized by the George um, Floyd and Richard Brooks pro- protests, Dan Cathy, oh. 
a devout Christian, shared his views at a, in a roundtable discussion on Sunday at the Passion City Church in Atlanta, where the chain is headquartered. I don't know what that means. Go by and shine a black person's shoes. But yeah, it, signed, well, it was lure because I thought it was. Let me help out a little bit. Let me help out a little bit there. Go ahead. I'm going to help. I'm going to help out the CEO actually. Good job. Yeah. Because the the biggest the the, the <laughs> wow that could be a beginning. But what he was supposed to say is what we should do as a white community is wash your feet. So we can, So if he's trying to take it to the Bible, we right, yeah. wash the feet of yep. his apostles to show his appreciation and everything else. So they should be on their knees washing their feet to atone. And then after they do that, you give us some a check, several checks, a lot of checks, <laughs> right. a whole lot of money. You know, uh, some free Chick Fil A. I'll just take words. that. I mean, you know, I'm good with with free Chick Fil A. I mean, want, you know. We want reparations. Well, we want, want reparations. I want Chick Fil A too, Kathleen. To, to, okay. <laughs> and get Jay to Chick Fil A. But we want yes, reparations. And the only way to make this right, and people think that the conversation about reparations is a dirty comment. You know, oh my God, here they go again with that reparations. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you never paid. About it went back then. How on earth are you going to tell a bootless man to pull himself up by his bootstraps? It's impossible. And then the other thing about that is look at how look at how we've been able to create boots out of dust. Can you imagine? Which is why they destroyed Black Wall Street and Greenwood and all the other places. You know, because right. we are so absolutely phenomenal. And Je- and Jerome, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> you know, no, Kathleen, no, real quick, let me say this, though, Kathleen. Let me say this real quick, Jerome, and I'm sorry for saying this. But, but I think this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, listening to Dr. King, how profound was that message? Oh, my God. I, I mean, it, it made me sh- – I, I broke out in the cold sweat when I listened to this man talk about the bootstraps. He talked about how how do you expect black people to sit here – and I love when he said made the analogy with you put somebody out of jail and you don't even give them bus fare to get back to town or give them clothes in the back. Man, Dr. King, good graces of life. Wow. I'm sorry, Jerome. Go ahead, man. I've digressed. Oh, you wow. know what? And that, that's the point that needs to be made. I, wow. I think that people need to go back and revisit – um, um, John um, Heinrich Clark. They need to go back and vi- revisit Francis Chris Welsing. You're going to find out that these people were absolutely correct. Their assessments were correct. You know, you we get to a point where we're like, hey, you know what? They were telling the truth back then. They were. It still was the truth. We somehow get to bury that in some little speech about I have a dream and little kids holding hands and stuff that is nonsense that is what's being sold back to us and again we didn't write history books and people like to water down slavery and and uh, the civil rights movement and oppression to mean something that is um happy-go-lucky you know somebody needs to talk about you know the million man mars to happen when you get you know it, it minimally 1.5 million people there and the reason i know that number is because the number was closer to two million, but DC Transit said that they sold 1.2 million tickets on those three stops of the mall, so they know how much money they made. And there was an estimated 10,000 um, 10, buses, along with the the students marching over from Howard and all those other places. So those numbers aren't even counted in the transit numbers. 
So the the problem is that we need to be able to tell truth, and we need to put that out there as fact instead of letting people go on daily by thinking that um, Christopher Columbus discovered America. All right. On that note, speaking of reconciliation, it was announced on Thursday that Byron Allen and his entertainment studios have reached a settlement in his racial bias case against Comcast. Um, Allen filed that lawsuit against Comcast in 2015, arguing that Comcast refused to broadcast channels under his brand due to race. His case against Comcast went all the way to the Supreme Court, and in March, the court ruled 9-0 in favor of Comcast's argument on the interpretation question that sent it back to the lower courts to be refiled. So it's understood that the settlement discussed between Comcast and Allen had picked up, you know, streaming um, even before picked up steam even before that Supreme Court case was issued. But under the settlements, Comcast will extend the terms of the Weather Channel, which Byron Allen owns, and 14 other broadcast television stations. In addition, distribution deals have been reached for the following channels under the Entertainment Studio banner, like Comedy TV, Recipe TV, Justice. People don't know that Byron Allen. Pretty much owns all of Judge race, uh, the Judge shows on television. Yeah, yeah. Ben Allen owns those. Yeah. That brother, so, man, he's filthy rich. Yes, <laughs> you know he bought the the Weather Channel for three hundred million, and it's worth a billion now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know it, if you if you didn't get a wind of that story, um, Comcast along with um, Charter and some other people were really trying to to press them on this law that was put in in uh, I guess it was the late 1800s or something but they wanted to really figure out a way how to discriminate against black people when they had a rule that the cable companies that actually went on television had to be black owned so like they said oh we got Oprah but owned is owned by Discovery Network it's a partnership between Oprah and Magic Johnson's Aspire TV is a partnership between him and um I want to say it was Cox Communication, and Puffy's Revolt TV is another, you know, 50-50 deal with another um, cable company. So they're not 100% black-owned, and they weren't adhering by their own rules and regulations, so Byron Allen sued them. I don't understand why black folks don't team up with other black folks to own their own studios and the rest of that stuff, man. Well, primarily because the distributor... Yeah, I think it's primarily because the distributor, like those cable companies, will not cut deals with them. That's why Byron Allen sued. Because when you're 100% black-owned, they have an option of doing business with you, and they're not doing business with black people. Hmm. So even if we did partner together, I've known people who've owned radio stations who sold their stations to clear channels because once they went out and sent people out to um, salespeople out for advertising, they would not buy radio time from black people on black stations. I know WDKX had that problem in Rochester. Black-owned, family black-owned station for I want to say they must be 70 years old. And they had problems getting advertisers to advertise directly with them. But they sold if you sell your company to white people they'll go, oh, it's the urban market and white advertisers will buy urban stuff from white folks but they won't buy them directly from black people. It's a part of what oppression and systemic racism is. We don't need to buy from somebody black. We'll just sell to them. You can be consumers. So it's a it's a part of the big theme of, of what's going on anyway. 
You know, um, Will Packer production is set to uh, has set a biopic for Doug Williams, the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So hmm. they secured the rights to um, his his life story. And, you know, as NFL players today rise, raise their voices around the fight for injustice and equality, um, none still tolerated Doug Williams, who proved um, once and for all the notion of African Americans being ill equipped to play quarterback was nothing more than a fallacy, is what Will Packer said. He said, Doug's inspirational story will positively impact fans of all ages for years to come. Now, I can't remember. I know he was playing for Tampa Bay. Um, mm-hmm. And that happened in the late 80s or in the 90s that he won. Late 80s. Okay, late 80s. So, okay, so we're still talking about Colin Kaepernick, and he won the first one in the 80s. And before that, I remember Joe Gilliam, who played for Pittsburgh. So yep. there were black quarterbacks, and that was a stigma in the NFL for a long time that you couldn't have a black quarterback. And that's just racist. Because Terry yep. Bradshaw obviously said Gilliam was way better than he was. <laughs> right. He couldn't, he couldn't hold the candle to him. I was like, really? Yep. And as much he as did I like, say that. Yeah. yeah and as much did. as I like Terry Bradshaw, he, I'm glad he's honest. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, yeah. oh, he wasn't going to play because white people would felt some kind of way back then about black people playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like they feel, Speaking of which, Jerome... Uh, you, hear the, you hear that the commissioner is upset. He's actually warm. He wants somebody to sign Colin Kaepernick. He's pissed off the teams that are even giving him a shot. What do you think about that? Well, I think that we should be still pissed off at him for acting like kneeling had something that's to do right. with damn flag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not Kathleen. That's me that just said that. You <laughs> <laughs> care less. Yes. <laughs> What did you say, Kathleen? I said thank you for being my Luther. I really appreciate. Hey, you know I'll be I'll, I'll be um, Kathleen's translator. We don't give a rat about go commission at NFL. Give Kathleen Kaepernick some reparations and give him his job back and give him some ownership in the team that y'all kept out of. I want to know every team that rejected Kaepernick after an interview and they need to pay money. <laughs> Work that out. All right, so, um, you know, the former national security advisor, I guess, um, John Bolton's book came out. So his lawyer argued that it's too late for the Trump administration to ban his book, and a judge agreed, um, saying that PR, the PR blitz is the, the horse is out the barn, is what he said. So a federal judge who seemed skeptical um, he could block the sale of that tell-all book about um, the room where it happens, a White House memoir, because the horse is out of the barn. And he said Saturday that um, he can move forward and publish the book. Um, but he may, if he broke some um, non-disclosure agreements or whatever, or national security things, he could be charged. Or he probably just will be fine. They ain't throwing that old man in jail. No, no. He's not going anywhere. No. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, you know, after 17 months of feuding and negotiating with creditors, a federal bankruptcy judge Saturday approved um, Pacific Gas and Electric's um, $59 billion plan for exiting Chapter 11 bankruptcy, setting up a stage for billions in compensation. Um, to, they, they started the wildfire um, yeah. fires in California from one of their transformers blowing. 
um, in a dry area or something. And I guess they're responsible because they could have turned the power down, I guess, so yeah. that it didn't blow, you know, when it's hot and mm-hmm. the transformers blow. So they're taking responsibility from what I see. And they um, confirmed on PG&E's um, planned fees uh, freeze up, I guess it's $25.5 billion in settlements, including $1 billion for 18 local and regional government entities, $11 billion for insurers who covered the wildfire losses, and $13.5 billion in cash and stock for other wildfire claims. Mm. Now, wow. doesn't, it seem, doesn't it seem like that went under the radar, that nobody is talking about that? I never, I didn't hear yeah. that out in the... I, I did. I've I, I, I seen that in some news stories, but I was actually looking, and I saw it. It, it popped up on the news feed for me, so... Okay. I yeah. Yeah. yeah, I kind of almost had to dig deep for it because I didn't see anything on it. I wanted some details on it and didn't see any. Now, a statue of George Washington with a burning flag um, draped across that was toppled in Portland, Oregon. Now, the, state, the statue was stood in, a law, in the lawn of a German-American society um, in northeast po- um, Portland was pulled down on Thursday night. So I know we're going through this again, but everybody... Everybody can get it is how that goes now with the, with the kids, Lingo. <laughs> they going after George Washington. Wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and as Not I hear people talk. He, he, didn't, he, you know, he didn't want to. I was watching him on TV. He said, no, nah, don't do George Washington. You know, he said that was just a flawed character. But the rest of those people get him down. I, and I agree. You know, but hell, I say George Washington too. Get him all. Get him all. No, this is. This is where I kind of say with Vanessa is that history kind of is history, but we need to tell the truth about history. So the Confederate mm-hmm. folks, they lost. Their their stuff needs to be gone, right? Yeah. You could tell that history someplace else. They lost. George Washington, that's a um, more than a character flaw, that whole wooden teeth thing where they were actually taking people's teeth and putting it in his mouth and making dentures for him. Mm-hmm. I know, that's disgusting. But it's history, and I'm not saying he was a nice guy, right? Nah. He freed he freed his slaves, but he still had slaves, right? And Thomas Jefferson, yep. who supposedly was in love with some 14-year-old girl, Sally Hemings, was a rapist, and he she stayed with him. He owned her, right? It wasn't like no voluntary, no miracle romance that they tried to paint that it was a bad after two special is how I looked at it, but they were like, they fell in love. I'm like, they no dark on love. So, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm going to need my spiritual translator. Kathleen, can you tell that story in a in a very nice way? Because I don't feel like it. I don't know. I'm going to try. Can we say sexual predator? Okay. Well, that's just yeah, really. There you go. See, we can, we can say that for the pulpit. He, he still was a sexual yeah. predator. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, this guy, Lee Jeffries, who was 60, moved from Wellington, Palm Beach County in Florida five years ago to work as an analyst for the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service. On Sunday, he was involved in the confrontation um, in the Grand Isle development in a village in South Florida where he yells at a 15-year-old black girl telling her she needs yeah. to leave, right? Yeah, I saw Again, following them in his car, tailgated too closely, so the boys pulled, um, 
pulled a golf cart to the side to let him pass. A few minutes later, he went on a tirade at the group, and he faced disciplinary actions when the video went viral uh, from his job. He was suspended from his job, which, again, this talks to systemic racism. You feel, because you see somebody black, that you could just go up and yell at them and ask them, why are they here? That's systemic racism that is in the back of your head that you feel you have the authority in a slave catcher kind of way to question any black person about anything. And if they weren't doing anything, why would they answer? That is what systemic racism is. Exactly. You know, you can't tell, I'm, I'm not supposed to be in that neighborhood. How do you know I'm not supposed to be here? Yeah. Man. Yep. So five days later, the deputy director of the office said that the department was aware of the video and he was on administrative leave after um, they that they the 15 year old um, filmed the video with two of her friends outside of her grandfather's home where where um, where she lives and he was just yelling at them. Mm-hmm. And the Again, I don't know if came it's with him, didn't he? What'd you say? The grandfather came out and dealt with him, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and which, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know mm-hmm. when we're, when I was little, I, I may have told this story before, but a, this happened a couple of times, but I remember this one specifically. Me and a friend, and he was a little younger, and we were young kids. We were elementary school age young. And some white man pulls up. And says, hey, um, can y'all give me directions to whatever? So the kid who was younger than me walks over to the car and says, it's about four blocks that way at the second light. Just make a look right. So he said, I can't hear you. Come closer. And he took a step and I said, hey, do not go towards that car. And my cousin came out and he, that white man just pulled off. He was, you don't talk to no little kids. Like, like, you know what I mean? People was getting mm-hmm. abducted back then. And, the issue, and they probably are getting abducted now. But people feel like that they can address little kids, and that doesn't really play well in the in our community. That they back then that you can't, you should talk to an adult. He could have pulled over and talked to many adults who were outside, but he chose to address little kids. And um, hmm. I think we need to we need to make sure we stay on that. Now, yeah. a San Francisco man who's 55 is arrested for yelling "Blue Lives Matter" in a restaurant and threatening to shoot a family of wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts. So this guy, Stephen um, Chibaldi, um, told um, this guy and his wife, I'm not going to say their name, and their children, who were seven, five, and two, that he would shoot them in, uh, in a restaurant on June 7th in, in San Francisco. See, wow. again, yeah, to have that kind of hate in you just to see somebody, like it unnerves them. They need to do and, and, we're, and we're supposed to be the violent ones. That's what that's what kills me about them when they get to talking about how violent we are and how this and that. And they're the ones that are doing all the violence. Yeah. And even asking us to sit down and do like some race dialogue stuff, it is not for us. Um, I'm gonna start mm-hmm. quoting the guy from Chick fil A. Go shine somebody's shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna start with that. You know what? If you feel if you feel that way about black people, uh, in the words of Chick Fil A's of CEO, go shine somebody's shoes. I don't know what to think about that, but all right. Now, um, go ahead. Watch their feet. Watch their feet. It's different, right? It's a, it's significantly different that you yeah. can stand down and shine my shoes. So there's now socks 
and leather and everything between my feet and your hands. Oh, that's but true. But if you actually, you know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's a wash very, my feet. It's a very yeah. significant difference that you're going to wash my feet, my feet. <laughs> you know you what know, I'm saying? Put your hands on it. Put your hands on my feet <laughs> and wash them gingerly, not like with, you know, bleach. <laughs> uh, I ain't letting nobody touch my feet, but here's another thing. Again, I, I'm back to you can give me reparations, but you, yeah, don't touch me. We, we don't even trust you that much. You haven't come far enough to earn washing my feet, so there's not going to happen. Need to do something else. We can have a conversation. And that's why that. I'm just saying, and I, I'm exactly with you, too, but that's why he's saying it. To, this is the CEO saying it to his congregation. And then right. you see all the black people running like, no, 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 no. That's okay. No, no. <laughs> just cut me a check. I'm good. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> Watch the fees later. Um, <laughs> now, you know, um, you know, in, in um, court news, I didn't do this in the show. A federal court in Maryland ruled that the State Department must recognize a same-sex couple's child as a U.S. citizen. So the department incorrectly applied immigration laws because the child um, born through a surrogate in Canada was born of a married parent who were both in a United States citizen and had lived here before the birth. So long as that child was born here, it is a U.S. citizen. So United States citizen. Yeah, really. Yeah. So they were saying, but I think they were trying to get around it by saying since they were a same-sex couple, that they got the child from some from a Canadian, but it was born here, so it's naturalized here. Right. So, yeah. So a federal court just ruled on it. It's it's amazing what people will um. You have to take people to court for everything. But anyway, that was the yeah. state, state department had to recognize them. Um, there's a new Ford um, F50. Is expected to come equipped with airline-styled um, sleeper seats that recline all the way back. Okay, so really, yeah, you know, okay, I, I don't really get this one, but the 2021 F-150s is rumored to feature airline-styled sleepers that recline way back. Now, okay, again, I don't know why you need to sleep in a car, truck while you're driving. It sounds really? like um, since they're bringing drive drive-ins back. I ain't going to really comment on this too much, but I'm just going to tell you this. <laughs> Driving with your seat reclined is not a smart thing to do. I don't know no. why they put them in there. And, and I haven't ridden in a uh, 150 in a while, but it doesn't seem like it had that much room to recline seats. Oh, bro, it got a lot of room. I got a 150. It, it's got a lot of room, man. It does? Oh, listen, it's, 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 okay. got a quad cab. I got a quad. I got a four-door. Well, it's got a man, quad it's got cab. a That's lot different. of room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. those are huge. But, yeah, I, I didn't see that coming. And, oh, you know, I didn't do the story about the, you know, the Bronco. The Ford Bronco was coming back. So really? they were going to release the Bronco on OJ's birthday, and everybody lost their mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so um, yeah, one of the, uh, what's that? See, I was about to call her a heifer. Uh, what is the woman's name? The Cole's the sister um, oh. who's been advocating uh, anyway yeah, my, um, yeah. his, his former ex-sister-in-law was complaining that it was on his birthday and that that didn't honor her sister now again this is the sister who slept with OJ and slept with um, Mark Fallon but I ain't gonna go through all of their history if you wanna go you can mm. read the transcripts 
But anywho, uh, she is wow. complaining. She did? Nah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Nicole did too, so that's a whole other story. I can, okay. I can actually tell you some stories that, um, you know, a, a friend of mine, um, his cousin was roommates with O.J. Sun at USC. And he had some okay. interesting Nicole stories, you know, about her coming in um, a little... A little under the influence, but we won't tell those stories. I'll, I'll have to bring him on the show so you can have firsthand account from him seeing her like that. People won't say, hey, yeah, Jerome's making up stuff. I heard, of, I heard about her and Marcus Allen, but I never heard of anything else like that. But I heard about her and Marcus sister, Allen. Her, yeah, well, yeah, her sister was – because he, he was she was, da- she was dating, dating OJ, and her sister was messing with Marcus Allen. And I think she messed with AC too, but she messed. <laughs> she was messing around, wow. and I think Nicole kind of did the same thing. Anywho, we won't. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that mm. seemed to like a clean um, conversation. So we're gonna move on from that. Now, Ireland's ancient kings married their sisters and fathered inbred children to maintain dynasty um, bloodlines. This, according to analysis. Of 5,000-year-old genome. I'm doing news stories, by the way. This is not me making it up. Experts from Trinity College in Dublin came in, um, came to the conclusion after studying DNA of a man who was buried on the um, famous passage tomb in Ireland's um, County Meek, I guess is what it's called, and the individual appeared to have been a product of the first degree, of what they call a product of first-degree incest. Um, yeah, they didn't say the person's mm. name was um, um, Ivanka or anything, but I just wanted to put that out there. So the meaning, <laughs> his parents were likely either siblings or even a parent and their child. But mm-hmm. that's in mm-hmm. Ireland. It, was, it wasn't here. Oh, you sure it was in Dublin, West Virginia? <laughs> it could be. You know, their sister cities are probably not sisters. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. See, again, Jay's gonna start cutting overtime I'm sorry, in a minute. West Virginia, I'm sorry. I'm I know. We could have we could have just said using opinions of Kathleen oh, Williams and her opinions by themselves. <laughs> now, you know, I forgot. I didn't add. You know, the long list of things I say that that Kathleen is. I forgot to mention that she's a comedian as well. My bad. Carry on, Jerome. Yeah, hey, hey, Jay, we're gonna give, I'm going to give you a long disclaimer. Whenever we go into overtime, you're going to do a really long disclaimer. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Oh, my yeah. God. long as the disclaimer isn't some of these stories are true and um, the names have been protected or, or have been changed to protect the innocent, we might have to do put the old dragnet disclaimer. <laughs> like we might do yeah, exactly. One. Joe Friday. <laughs> yes. But the names have been changed. Um, now, the NBA will ask players to wear smart rings whenever they're off the court to monitor their heartbeats and yeah, their body. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So it's their health precautions ahead of the reopening of the league. So they shared their plans to reopen the league during the um, pandemic, which will include players wearing those smart rings and monitors. Now, didn't someone – I think the Yankees are coming back to New York State from spring training because players are starting to test positive in Florida. Yep. So mm-hmm. apparently they had a bunch of players that test positive over the last week. I don't know why the Yankees are coming back. Cornwall might be like, uh, you are going to be in quarantine for about 14 days. 
Yeah, because he, he said he's going to stop Floridians from coming to New York, man. Yeah, and you know yeah. what? You know why he's doing that, right? It was the Floridians that said, we don't want that, any New yeah. Yorkers here. So they were actually yeah. knocking oh, yeah. door to door saying, oh, we heard you came in from New York. So now he's like, oh, maybe we should re- maybe we should return a favor. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, now they're looking like idiots. All right, so um, millions of Google Chrome users are targeted in a spyware attack, which uses your web browser extension to steal your um, browsing history and um, login data. So security researchers have discovered malware that will compromise users through downloads of extensions of Google's Chrome web browser. Just wanted to say that. And I have one more story. I know we went way over today. This is my public service announcement story. Um, you know, marijuana with greater amounts of THC that they usually mean trouble. <laughs> oh, it is. No, go ahead, Jerome. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. They're saying it may not actually get users higher, according to a new study. Uh, smokers mm. reported the same intoxication levels regardless of the cannabis strength. So stronger strains of marijuana may not lead to a higher or a more intense high, according to University okay. of Colorado at Boulder that tested regular pot users' um, tolerance levels. Now, I don't know how you get a part of that study, and I don't know who, what, um, I don't know if they call it Smokey or nobody, but I like technically, <laughs> technically, I think that's just a rumor, and you need to find out for yourself. But it's legal in Colorado, so I guess I can't go there. Yeah. Not in New York yeah. State. Well. My, my cousin, so there you have it. My cousin said he had to shut it down for a couple months because he wasn't getting as high as he used to off of anything, so I could believe it. <laughs> so he was like, I'm going to, he went on strike. Yeah, he went on strike for like six months. And then he said after that, it, it was all good again. <laughs> okay. They, they, oh, was they, they was cross-pollinating in Russian. So, again, that's yeah. our that's part of our science segment. And, hey, if um, you have any questions about our segment, please um, forward them to our <laughs> research department in St. Martinsville, Louisiana. <laughs> They're going to tell you. Um that these facts are just facts. Thank you, thank you very much. Alrighty then. Uh, what a way to put a bow on a Sunday. And uh, I tell you what, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's a way to, it's like the cool down period after a large, a long, intense workout. So thank you, Jerome, for doing this to add levity to the show. And folks, we appreciate you tuning in as always. And um, tell you what, have a terrific Father's Day. And, uh, you know, Jerome, man, I salute you, my friend. Thank you so much. Kathleen, mwah, love you. Uh, Mr. Elias, you know how I feel about you. And Mariana Music, if you still, you can't be, well, she probably listens to it over time. Anyway, Mariana Music, you know what? I'm just going to say God bless you. That's all I'm going to say to you, okay? God bless you. All right, we're out of here, folks. Have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday. Uh, right here on DGRS Radio Network Online Radio. At its best. Adios, adios, adios. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.